Welcome to the Fly Life Podcast. I'm your host, Martin Novak, and let's have a conversation with FPV. What is up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to episode one of my new podcast. Uh, I really appreciate it. This is going to be kind of a different podcast, and I'm super excited about it. It's still going to be all the FPV things, but it's just a single host format. It's just going to be me on here with a guest. And because of that, it's going to be more of a conversation than a straight-up interview, more so about who the person is and how they got to be where they are and uh, you know what makes them fly the way they do besides their motor selection and stuff like that. So I hope you guys enjoy that format, and uh, for the first episode, we have Jonathan Davis on, a.k.a. Schizo, who is one of my personal favorite pilots and just a great influence in the sport. Uh, it's a lengthy episode, and we talk about everything from motors, tuning, filters, what's new with Flight 1, his favorite flying styles right now, all the way down to the cosmos, religion, and life after death. So it gets pretty deep. It starts out with all the FPV stuff and then kind of fades into the other stuff. So know that and uh, hope you guys enjoy it. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Well, howdy ho, this is Stu, your Brandon Canadian, and I'm as excited as a beaver to announce a new stem to bring you what you thought was going to be the first ad for the Fly Life Co. podcast. But since this is our first episode of the Fly Life podcast, we don't have any sponsors. Now, what the hell is wrong with that? So here's the thing. You like the good stuff. So if you're listening, involved in companies that aren't named Bay Good and sell motors, flight controllers, HQ props, valve props, heck, any props, even lollipops, batteries, vape juice, vape accessories, video gear, backpacks, socks, looking at your FPV show, or even beef jerky. Basically, anything that would keep the boys and girls of the FPV in the air and in style, then please send an email over to martin at flylifeco.com. That's M-A-R-T-I-N at flylifeco.com to have your ad run in this slot. Well, that's all the time I have for you guys. As always, this is Stu, your friendly Canadian, saying thank you for listening. You guys make sure to take care and, more importantly, live that fly life. What's new, man? Like, have you, you said you landed earlier? Did you travel somewhere? Oh, no, no, no. My buddy landed earlier. He, uh, he okay. flies for Delta. And I was like, we were supposed to fly today. And I guess he landed later than he was supposed to. There's a second so, Kevin? Uh, there is. Yeah, he's like a captain for Delta. So I don't know what the what the deal is with that. But <laughs> apparently there's a, a lot of people in aviation that fly FPV, I Damn. guess. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, and uh, you've been flying a shit ton, I saw. A little bit. Um, it's more like maybe twice a week. More like I've been sorting through backed up footage for a while. Yeah. Like, it's pretty bad, man. Like, I've got a, I've got a folder. Like, I have a render folder that I dump all my, like, flight edits and stuff to. I mean, like, actual edits, not raw footage. Not raw footage. And I'm like, eh, that sucks. That's going to just stay there. And uh, now it's like... I don't know, 50 or plus videos that are just chilling on my hard drive that no one's seen that have been fully edited with music and everything. Oh, like ready to drop videos. Yeah, yeah, like actual, like ready to go to YouTube. And I'm like, eh, I don't like that anymore. So, you got to you gotta release that as like a box set in like a year. I guess. That'd be sick. Yeah. Like a four-year anniversary kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, like, like F3 Expo as the cover. Yeah, like literally every like 30 minutes there's a new video dropping on YouTube. But to that, uh, what's that song you picked? Uh, Walking on a Dream. Right, right. Yeah, that's like the, that's like the title. Hey, that's screen. not a bad idea, actually. Like 
So instead of full edits, though, you could just do like snippets of like the best stops things out of each or something. Or yeah, that, that's what we that? that's what we call a Johnny edit. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, All right, yeah, but yeah, that's the the moral story. Is like I, I that's my rule of thumb. Whenever I do like an edit, I uh, I sit on it like guaranteed. Like if, even if I f- finish it, I'm like really pumped about it. I go to sleep and then I wake up and I watch it again. And if it sucks, I'm like eh. Yeah, do you ever feel like sometimes you, you know, like you overwatch a clip or like you you stare at it for so long editing that Absolutely. you like don't like it and then you watch it 3 yeah. days later and you're like, "Well, oh, that is pretty good." Yeah. I've not done a 3 days, but like I have gone through a couple of my edits that I deemed unworthy uh and then I watch them like 2 months later. I'm like, "Dang, that was actually pretty sick." <laughs> so, yeah. it probably that's why I always try to like you know, at least sleep on it, you know what I mean? Because you could be super hyped about it, and then you know the next day you'll be like, eh, "I could probably do better." Yeah, like you which get, is all, which is always the case, right? Like it's always like, eh, "I could have made that turn better. I could have, you know, I had a little prop wash there. I'm going to go back there and do it, and I never do." Yeah, so, and you get home from the spot too, and you're like, "Oh, that was so sick! I'm so amped!" And then you like edit it right away, and then yeah. like in my early days, I used to just post that shit, and then yeah, like the next day I would be like, oh, "I could have done better." Yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, moral of the story is I'm like that with anything though, like like literally anything. I like play R- piano, RC cars, like, piano. Yeah, yeah, anything, dude. I'm just like, because you know, you get in the moment, you get super hyped on it, and then uh, yeah, like after you watch it a handful of times, especially while you're editing, right? Like you're watching the same clip like multiple times, probably. Yeah, like, like over sucks. like space bar, space bar, space bar, exactly, space bar, exactly. Like, uh, render. When you when you edit clips, do you like sit down and make an edit, or do you like like sit down like do a couple things like look at the footage, walk away, come back, edit it a bit more? Like, do you fragment it? Or? Yeah, I'm I'm super. I used to like just sit there and be like gung ho about it, like I'd just hammer it through. But now, like within the last year, I'd say uh, I will literally like maybe take like you know this little section of a flight and put it in there. And then I'll go play video games or like just dick around, and then I'll come back and be like, uh, you know, I just I lit- it takes you know a couple of days to do an edit usually. Yeah. Uh, but but not not because it takes that long, but just because I'm that lazy, I just kind of come back to it. I feel like it's less, you know, I do that with builds too. Like whenever I'm building a quad, I'll literally like I'll be like, oh, I've got a fresh build I've got to do here. Let me uh let me just let me just assemble the frame. I'll put the motors then, on today and see how it looks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll literally do it. Like I'll assemble the frame, and then the next day I'll bolt the motors on, and then the next day I'll put the ESC on, and that's it. Like literally, I'll just slide the all-in-one ESC on the stack and then leave. And uh, eventually, I'll get to the point where I fire up the soldering iron and like solder the motors, and then I leave. So it's a, a week process to do a build, probably. Yeah, it's weird how it changes too. Like I used to be like a fiend for working on my quad and editing, like just do it like there's no tomorrow. And mm-hmm. uh, like now I'm the same way. I'm like, oh, I got a new frame. I'll like assemble the frame and then like the next yeah. day I'll bolt the motors like, That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll just leave that on my desk <laughs> to hang out for a bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and I like and now I, I like do the last thing, like the thing I hate the most. Last, like I'll build most of it and then I'll just solder on. Dude, the I hate the FPV equipment the most, or the like the receiver stuff, like heat shrinking the antennas and all. When I get to that stage, I'm just like, ugh. Do you, the worst. do you fly Crossfire at all? Uh, I do. Uh, not get, mainly, though. Get those immortal tees, man. Yeah, that's true. You just one zip tie. <laughs> true. 
I think that, like, not to sound like a lazy quad builder, but that was a huge selling point of the flight yeah, one rig for me. Any, anything that can make it faster is better to me because, again, like, I take forever. The only, the main reason I only take forever is because I have I usually have about three or four, like, stable builds, right? So even if I kill one, it's still not that, like, important to rush another one out. So, but there has been a couple times where I get down to one and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to power through this one tonight just so I have a backup. So, but usually it's literally a week process. Yeah. That's but, sick, uh, man. yeah, I'm, I'm lazy too, though, when it comes to that. I started using like the straws, you know what I mean? Like the, t- like the 3D printed things that allow you to stick the straws out. I mean, it looks horrible, but it just, it's so fast. So. Yeah. It looks horrible, but you're only going to take one picture of it, so... Yeah, ever, ever, yeah. exactly. And, and it's just going to have grass stains and mud all over it the rest of the existence. I don't know if you feel the same way, but do you... Like, I really enjoy building a fresh build, but I hate fixing a quad. Yeah, repairing is the worst. Because, then, cause like, you don't know if it's even... Like, I had one that was, like, occasionally dropping out, like a power cycle. Uh. And, like, that's... One of a thousand like a, issues. It could, exactly. It could be like a motor shorting out. It could be an ESC shorting out, flight controller losing power. I mean, there's all – and it's like one of those things that you just have to go down the rabbit hole of trial and error and hope to God it fixes it. So usually those – I mean, I, I'm sponsored, so I get a lot of stuff for free, obviously. So I was going to uh, say if that, I, if I, that would raise I, my threshold. Com- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> If it, if it comes down to that, where I have, I call those like the the plague builds. You know what I mean? Just the builds that are just like I, I mean, I'll I'll literally like salvage things I know that wouldn't be causing it, like a camera or something like that, and I'll just chuck the whole thing. I literally just throw it away. Yeah, done. I, so, it's, I'm losing money just, just dealing it. with it. Yeah. yeah, I would rather instead of fix it, just build another quad. I mean this. So. Uh, speaking of, speaking of quads and like new quads, do you ever go back and fly your old motors? I know you got like the most recent ones, which are your highest KV so far, aren't they? Yeah, I don't even know what the KVs are. <laughs> I think it's there's 3400. No, I'm just kidding. They're 2650. Yeah, no, I, are they? <laughs> yeah, 2650. I actually don't know. This is sad. Let me go grab one. Uh, but yeah, I, I think they're 2550. But maybe I'm wrong. Hang on, I got it right here. We're gonna pull this little nugget out. It is twenty six fifty. What the hell? Okay, dude, that's the that's the thing I thought when I first like I was flying with someone last week that had them, and I was like twenty six fifty. Damn. Yeah, they were originally supposed to be twenty five fifty when I had the prototypes, and uh, or I can't remember uh, twenty five fifty or twenty six hundred, and then you know how like uh, I think the prototypes when they actually sourced the actual production line versions, they got like different wire and like. I think mm. it was just like a little bit like le- or less thick or something, you know, like down to like a, you know, the tolerance, just a slight tolerance change in the the radius of the wire is like, uh, or the diameter of the wire uh, changes it. So it ended up being 2650. Um, Whatever. Anyway. Do you fly those on four, mo- mostly four cell or five cell these days? Um, I have mainly, I'm mainly on four cell, but I do have a lot of five S packs as well. Of my batteries, uh, but I, have, I haven't flown them yet. Yeah, do you? Because like, I feel like you were one of the like last people uh, to move to five, <laughs> m- move to five cell, and like for me personally, like I think I it's, still haven't moved to five cell. I wouldn't even consider I've moved to it yet. Yeah, and like uh, yeah. like everybody around me is moving to five cell. All the cool kids are apparently doing it. Like Steel's on six cell, which I thought would never happen, 
Mm-hmm. And uh but I like I, I I'm still loving four cell and to me I rarely I don't know if it's my flying style or what it's but I probably your flying style because it's similar to mine. Yeah, like I rarely ever yeah. feel like oh shit I'm out of power. Exactly. I mean, the only time that ever happens is when you've just flown too long on a battery. But like, yeah, or you just like but, black, uh, black and white. Yeah, fucked but yeah, up. I've, I've never had that feeling of I don't have enough power when I'm punching out or trying to jump over something. So I mean, the biggest complaint I had for a while because we didn't really have m- motors for five S and six S back in the day. Um, so people were trying to run six S on like a twenty six hundred kV motor, right? And the problem with that is you lose like crazy throttle resolution, like. As soon yeah, as you just, hit 40% throttle, there's no difference between 40% and you know 100%. So uh, that was one of the main reasons I loved 4S because you have that throttle resolution, um, which is important. Yeah, you, and, can, uh, you can ring out the GT86 on any road, but a P1 is going to be tougher. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, but yeah, I'm not, um, I'm, to- I'm not against 5S or 6S. I just don't have any motors yet, and I just don't care enough to. Uh, it probably will eventually happen because um, I know I am coming out with motors that support five and success, and I'll start playing around with it more. But I'm not in a hurry. I'm, com- I'm kind of comfortable for us, especially my new batteries, dude. I- I'm not gonna lie. I'm not here to like pitch my batteries or anything. But so it's basically a new cell. Um, the it's a new uh, chemistry basically that was designed by this ba- a battery company I can't talk about. But anyway, uh, we started working with them. They sent me a prototype. I only have one of them. I, I literally one. only have one of. I only have one of these batteries. Yeah. That makes it more epic, by the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So I we we I never even got to fly it. We used it to start my truck, which caused a lot of controversy because uh, everyone's like, "Oh, I've 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 started a I've started my car with a 3S battery." Uh, but the the biggest thing of the video was the fact that we started the car ten times in a row. Which yeah, is pretty pretty. Intense. That's pretty G, yeah. dude. Yeah. So it ended with 15.2 volts. So we did the math, and we were able to come up with that it was pulling 350 amps every time we started it. So that's a lot of amps. That's burly. Wires. Yeah. Yeah. So the wires were, like, piping hot. Like, the actual – like, the battery itself wasn't bad, but the wires you could cook an egg on. Like, that's how hot they were. Um, so I never Dude. flew it, though. I, I set it on my build table, and I was like, good job, buddy. Good job. You're going <laughs> to sit there. And uh, so then, like, finally, two weeks later, I decided to charge it, and I took it out. And I have been flying the China Hobby line a lot lately, the 120C. Okay. They're like these yellow packs. They sent yeah. me a bunch to try out, and um, that was good of them to do. And I normally fly Lumineer uh, graphenes and stuff like that. So I flew um, all of my Lumineer graphenes that day, and I flew about probably six of the China Hobby line. And then I threw that thing on the, there at the very end of the day. Because that's the – you know what I mean? That's what you're going to notice the best is when you're just kind of used to uh, yeah. you know, flying the same setup, the same batteries all day. And then I switched to that. And it was kind of funny because I actually was picking up a lot of speed than I was used to. Like I was having to, I was finding myself having to pitch back to slow down on a lot of stuff. And I thought that my camera angle was wrong. Uh-huh, so okay. I flew, I flew it back around and landed it. And I was like, no, it's right. Did I accidentally put one of my 5S packs on this thing? Am I trimmed out right here? Am I trimmed on pitch? Exactly. <laughs> like it was doing weird stuff. Like it was just, you could tell it was more powerful, but I mean, not like crazy, you know what I mean? But there was just that subtle, like, wow, I've got at least five, 10% more power on average, uh, at all times. And I actually thought I put a five S pack on there on accident. What, uh, what spawned like you dipping into the battery game? Uh, because it came, uh, they approached me. Okay. 
and uh, flight one flight it's basically flight one approached me and they're like, hey, like hey we got this battery company they're a well-known battery company i don't know if i'm allowed to talk about who it was yet but yeah uh, don't, don't it's, do it's it a well-known yeah it's a well-known battery company they contacted uh, flight one and they started talking back and forth and they're like you know that's one of the limiting factors with the quads i think right now is battery technology and um they were like, well, we have this new cell that we designed, and it's gnarly, and we, we're going to send you. They only had two, so they sent, like, one to Flight One and one to some other company of some sort, and uh, they, of course, like, overnighted it to me to test. Perfect. And, uh, I'm that's gonna, how it started. <laughs> Perfect. I'm going to test the shit out of this in a totally oh, yeah. different way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, well, they were claiming um, 150C, right? Yeah, so, I think so. Is that the actual? Yeah. I can't remember the uh, – and I was like, no way. There's Dude, no way that's possible. I mean, if it's doing 350 amps a pull, like that's pretty – I yeah. mean, I'm not a scientist, but that's getting to magician level. That's a lot. And uh, and also you're never going to pull that many amps on a quad, period. Totally. Um, it. I feel like, you know, for a long time, like everybody in the industry and like on other podcasts is like, oh, I hope the next big revolution is in battery technology. And I think it's kind of similar to like combustion engines. Like, yeah, we have hybrids and no one's figured out how to like eliminate combustion engines. But like the miles per gallon we're getting and like power now is ridiculously yeah. more efficient. Very, and that's kind of what yeah. I see happening with four cells or like battery technology well, in that, general. Well, Sorry. Well, what made me started thinking about this was like when I got this – this battery and i flew it i was like man like this is i would say it's kind of in between i wouldn't say it's 5s power but it's like in between what you would think is a good 4s pack and a 5s pack like in terms of power and i was like man maybe what we don't like you know it's just kind of like food for thought but maybe what we need is better tech as opposed to jumping with more cells like more cells more cells more cells it's like that's not necessarily better i mean if you have that's almost like you know like building this crazy uh, combustion engine that puts out 3,000 horsepower. Well, it's like it's not going to run very efficient with gas and stuff, but, yeah, I guess it will put out a lot of power. That kind of seems like the concept with uh, the batteries right now. Yeah. Like more cells is better. Like, why aren't we flying 10-cell batteries then? Like, what? Like where's the limit? Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I don't know. We could go through the moon, and I feel like – in terms of tuning wise, I have yet to see someone do like some really prop washing, uh, inducing tricks like on a yeah. five cell where it's like irrelevant. Right. Cause I feel like on four cell, we're at the point with like filtering and like prop pitch and just like all technology to where you can like, you can come down flat from 200 feet in a prop wash. And if you give it full throttle, it'll click once and just be locked. Yeah. It just snaps into place. I mean, but the thing is, is like the biggest argument that people have is, or not argument, but um, I guess benefit people say with Vivas and success is better efficiency for the power. Yeah. So, but, but that's that super circumstantial. Would, I know, of course, but yeah. I'm just saying, wouldn't that be the same thing though if you had better a better 4S pack that was more efficient? Totally, and, and it, it goes back to what argument. you said. For me, it's throttle resolution, like. If you have a 100-horsepower engine, you can feel the shit out of that throttle. If it's, like, zero to a 1,000 horsepower, then it's just going to be, like, a button kind of, you know? Yeah, you just barely you – just, you just put your foot on the gas and it jumps. And on, and, uh, off, on. Yeah. Which, But for some people's styles, like, that's super fitting. Yeah, I think you could probably get a lot more of the uh, – like, the, the flick maneuver stuff, you know what I mean, where you flick your quad in a direction. I mean, you're going to carry probably much more uh, on a – five and success setup. Yeah, you just kick uh, all the shit but, out of that thing. Yeah, but I mean in, in in like 
in a, a normal like flying spot, you know what I mean, with like proximity trees or like a bando or something like that, you just don't need that kind of stuff. That's how you blow up quads. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know. What I'm saying is, I understand why people like it. Uh, I'm not against it, but I'm not in a hurry to do it. Essentially, in the in a nutshell. I think that for a lot of people it will be good to hear, myself included, because I'm stuck on the four cell train. And five S is expensive. And plus, I have a crap load of five four S packs. So like, what? Do, I don't know. Like, I just don't. Is it really going to change my? You got, so to me, I am all for something if it's going to change your like. You know what I mean? If it's going to make your footage better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I went from the Session to the Hero 6 because I like the quality. I like the high frame rate stuff that it does. That is worth the money to me uh, to upgrade. Uh, if you're going to get – you know what I'm trying to say? Like, if it's going to impact your footage in any way, I don't – if I flew a 5S pack, I don't think it's going to make me any more capable than flying a 4S pack is what I'm saying. I'm yeah. I'm going to, like, be, you know what I mean, doing all this crazy stuff that I wouldn't be able to do on a 4S setup. Yeah, I think the the fat chart HDOs were like my last item that were in that realm of like I can see yeah. I can see more so I can do more. Yeah, it was the frame rate for me. Yeah, definitely. like the refresh rate on that was like I was sold. Yeah, in a heartbeat. I can get closer to so. shit, and yeah, so I totally agree with that though because I feel like a lot of you know and like something I want to focus on on this podcast is like not uh, like picking at people but just giving a people a platform to say why their shit is better. Right, because yeah. like, you give me a frame, it's gonna have four motors, probably close to an X and a body on it. So like, at this point, we're just pecking at the same design. What about your frame in this example makes it better? Right, because we're so and, saturated, uh, man. That that's the biggest issue. I mean, the problem. <laughs> uh, this kind of goes back to uh, this reminds me of when I used to skate all the time. And uh, that's what it came down to was the whole, like, like a deck is a deck, right? Like a, a piece of wood grip tape on it. Uh, you know, some of them were known to be a little stronger than others and things like that. But that's still the case with a quad frame, right? Like there's some carbon that's better than others. But I think what it really boils down to in this kind of, like, small niche industry is um, is kind of supporting the pilot. Like that's really what or, – or supporting the company, like whatever it may be. Um, a lot of people – uh, like that Astro X company, you know, for example. So they they it's hot right now. Yeah, and and they're, it's total it's totally fine. But that's what I think it comes down to. It's not. I think like any frame out there, you could give me like the crappiest frame ever, and I could make dope footage on it. Do you uh, so, do you ever like go back and fly a QAV two ten or a QAVR or something? I don't have it. I have one QAVR that's set up for six inch. So I might build. I still have been kind of wanting to build a six inch setup for a while because the props and the motors we have like much better technology now than when i was flying six inch back in the day dude more better uh, than like a year ago yeah exactly it's, yeah and i think the biggest limiting thing with six inch was the props i think i hear i hear the new hq and lumineer six inch props are pretty bomb yeah I, I, yeah the hq so. i mean i love hq props as a whole in general I still, yeah. every now and again, if I'm, like, super bored and have nothing to do, I'll throw on the OG, like, uh, HQ props. The Shatter ones. Oh, yeah. They like, fly good, though. That you had, they like, the, so skid, good. Yeah, the Schizo Blue ones you had. Yeah. I still uh, have a huge box of them, and I, and I... Dude, I can't get over how good they fly. And I think it's because they're so light, it's, like, unsprung weight on a car. Like, they just spin up on anything. Yeah, it's kind of like having a lightweight flywheel or something. Yeah, and then weird. if... If you look at the prop profile, I mean, I've never had more, like, paper cuts from a propeller in my life, but they're oh so God. thin. Yeah. But the thing is, uh, it's kind of funny that you brought that up because 
I remember I had a tuning issue with one of the, my quads, and I'm, was, you know, I normally fly V1S like everyone else, the durable quad or durable props, um, and um, I could not fix the mid throttle oscillation on this quad, and I thought that it, maybe I had a bent shaft or something like that. I was running motor tests, I was doing all this stuff, like I could not tune it out. And I, all I did literally, and keep in mind this is a fresh set of props. I know a lot of people are like, oh, was it bent or anything? No, these are obviously uh, fresh props. So I took them off, and I put the OG 5x4x3s um, on there, and boom, everything was flawless. Yeah, it's just like all it's good like, now. Yeah, like it's so easy to tune on those props. They're just more forgiving for some reason. Like, it's almost like the tuning window is larger on those props for some reason. Yeah, except for, like, if you flew even, like, close to an object. And then, like, oh, yeah. remember you'd break, no, like, done. those were great for getting stuck in trees, though, because you could just rearm it full throttle and just break all break the props in the nubs, yeah, and then the it just drops out. Yeah. 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 And then you could just cut the shit out of your hands trying to get those little nublets off. Oh, those are the worst. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's fucking, yeah, that's sweet to hear. Um... But I've got a. I've also got. Man, I've got a lot of fun things coming out. I'm bringing. Uh, I guess I could say it. I'm bringing the hex back. You're bringing the hex back. My first yeah. quad or my first FPV, not quad, obviously. My first FPV uh, multi rotor was a hex. Yeah, Ever. I had a blackout hex. Fuck, you. dude. Uh, those things are mean, dude. I know. So and back then, uh, you know, when I was like, I was so proud of my hex when I like when I brought it out. Everyone was like, "What is that?" You I know? break. Like, it was like I break thirty percent more shit every time I crash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the thing, I brought it out, and every time everyone looked at it like it was the Batmobile or something, you know, like it was just so like weird, you know, it's just so like it looks mean too, like the way that it's designed. And um, but back then, I mean, you got to think. I like this is the reason I want to do this again is because with us having, you know, better motor options back then I was on Simon K and like PPM, you know, like it's just the technology so far along. I think that there's still a, uh, I think there's still room for a hex, do especially you, on five and six S world. Yeah, definitely. And especially yeah. like if there was ever going to be like a, like a launch or like a drag race kind of like a, you know, like a eighth mile race, right? That thing would be sick. Yeah. And I always loved how unique they sounded, so I definitely want to go. I just want to try it out. I don't know if it will go anywhere, but I definitely want to. Try yeah, to just bring be it fun back. for shits and gigs. Yeah. I and think plus we... it's just like, and plus you know it's coming up to the time where I, you know I kind of want to design a new frame. But as you said, right, like they're freaking. There's a new frame every two two minutes, and I was like, what can I do that would be kind of interesting? I will say I like, that your last frame, though, like in a, in a sea of similarness, uh, your last frame, like when when anybody sees that, they're like, "That's a Nova," right? Like it, not just because the decals, but like the arms, that little like uh, mainly the arms because it looks like it will hurt really bad if it hits you. Yeah, the arms, <laughs> and then you have that little pod that used to be on that one QAV, uh, that center pod one, like that GoPro mount where it's like the carbon one, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it definitely stands out. Yeah, and I don't know, man. That was like when I made the decision to go back to top blade or t- top battery mount. But the problem with that is when you do a symmetrical X with a top mounted, I mean, how do you? There's only so many ways you can make it look unique or be different, you know. It's so, a car. It, cars, man. Like, yeah. There's a new four door sedan every year, and you know, you have to skip like ten years for it to look different. It doesn't mean it doesn't drive better. Exactly. So I just started. That's why I kind of wanted. I actually still have a blackout hex here. I still have my blackout hex. And I walked by it one day and I was like, hmm. 
So, uh, you know, I'm pretty, yeah. the RC car's built, the arcade machine's done, I just played the piano, I guess I could do this. Yeah, I mean, the arcade machine's not done, but I did build a Game Boy Zero, have you heard of that? No. Did you see that? Oh. What's that? Yeah, it's basically, uh, what you do is you buy, um, a Game Boy, like, you know, the old school Game Boy? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, a gray one? You, yeah, you yeah. buy, you can buy just the case. Like where I, I don't know if they're like gutting them or there's leftover shells or how it happens, but you're, it's an actual Game Boy case, uh, like the shell, and then you drill extra holes to create more buttons, right, to support um, other systems. And you know, I even have an L and R trigger in the back of it, and uh, you put a color screen in it, make the screen bigger, and it runs a ga- uh, Raspberry Pi Zero inside of it, which is the tinier Raspberry Pi. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is I've seen some people building crazy custom gaming shit with Raspberry Pis. Yeah. Have you ever and, seen... Uh, that's basically it. So it's basically, it runs Super Nintendo, Nintendo, Genesis, Neo Geo, all that stuff, Game Gear. Can you tune Flight 1 on it? No. <laughs> that, that would be pretty cool, though. Dude, that'd be so, like, just, like, oh, I need more eye just hitting the trigger button. Yeah. Just cranking it up. But it just seems kind of, that kind of stuff just seems pointless now that you can tune through OSD and with the radio and all that stuff now. It's just like, whatever. Dude, I'm so lazy. I have that, I have that on one quad and it's the TBS Oblivion. Right? Yeah. I don't have that on any quad. I, I still <clears> don't, I have, I have never tuned off of OSD except for when I owned, uh, what was that? The Vortex? Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the Immersion Vortex? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they sent me one of those, and that was the best thing about that thing, I thought. I thought that was so cool that you could tune through the OSD. Yeah, you just land uh, it out in the field and, like, change some numbers yeah. and take off again. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that sucks. Let me land and do it again. And uh, But I, I still have yet to set it up on, like, you know, newer stuff. Well, do you mostly, like, I feel like you probably at a certain point tune through the GoPro footy now. Yeah, and, and that's kind of the reason why... I don't really care that much because I can always get it pretty close, but then I'll go out and fly around and realize that um, the, go, know, the GoPro it, is it the all amazing. Eye. <laughs> it feels amazing in the flight in, in the goggles, but then when you get it home and you realize you're you know you got baby bitch wiggles all over the place. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, that's what we call them. But <laughs> but um, but yeah, then you end up having to tune from the GoPro. And I actually came up with a trick that was kind of fun because uh, a lot of my quads, you're you're kind of right at that threshold of like, to make that to get a quad to f- film perfect in the GoPro, you have to go back and review the footage, right? And one of the things I did is I would be playing with numbers, right? I'd be tuning all the time, and then I, I would go back home and I'd have all this footage, and I have no clue what my tune was in each of these videos. I'd be like, oh, that one's freaking amazing. Oh, yeah, like, I don't yeah, know yeah. what my pids were. So what I would do is like I would uh, I would kind of do the like a documentation thing where like at the right as soon as I'd hit play I'm like all right this is my pitch this is my roll and this is my filter settings yeah like you say it to the camera off. like literally I get in front of the camera and exp- or, or I'll just say it you know uh, so you can hear it dude I totally and, uh, I do the I had to end up doing the exact same thing because I would get in the same predicament I'd be like well what the fuck did I change on I on this one you know or like. Right. Whatever. But it's annoying because you'll go back, like, you'll realize one of your earlier flights was awesome and you were progressively getting really bad. Yeah. And you're like, crap, I need to know where I was at that point. And I had that happen a couple times and it screwed me. So Yeah, you need, like, one of those, like, film boards, like, uh, action, you know, but with all your right. p- PIDs on it, yeah. like, on the board. Like a whiteboard where you write it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to grab a beer real quick. I'll be right back. Yo, so, uh, speaking of tuning, you ever going to make another tuning video? Um, I know you've talked about it before, but if I could put in 
a request, it would be for tuning filters of Flight One. Uh, yeah, no, that's what I would do if I if I did it, dude. I'll cook you some food, send it over overnight. You can just, dude. It would just be so much work, but I do need to do something like that. I yeah, agree. I think either, like, I mean, you doing something like that would be epic just because the video format, but it would be, I mean, like, you know, press and it would be sweet if they had, like, a manual or a diagram on, uh, like, what every number does in the GUI for PID tuning because in a lot of other, like, uh, GUIs and uh, programs, like in KISS, if you want to, like, filter something out, it's, you know, like, on the hertz level is your numeric values, whereas in Flight 1, it's, like, you know, 70, 120. It's not, like, filtering out 200 hertz, you know? Right. So it would be sweet if there was, like, some, you know, like, manual or, like, a Bible to, like, what that does. Because, like, even talking to you when you were, like, if you move the CG number uh, below 100, then it means the quad is nose-heavy, you know? Right. And, like, that that piece of information to find that was difficult to find. But when I did, it was, like, revolutionary. Yeah. So you should do I one. I mean, yeah, I don't know. You do one. <laughs> Yeah, but see, mine's what? all like. I, Why don't you do it, bro? <laughs> because I don't understand the back end. Like, mine's all based off of feel, and like, I I know well, that's what all all that it boils down to, anyway. Yeah, like I know what changing a number will do to the feel of my quad, but I don't know what changing that number means. Right. Which would be sick. Yeah, because what your your last uh, tuning vid was like when uh, race flight was still on the beta flight GUI, wasn't it? Um, I was tuning beta flight, wasn't I? I think, uh, maybe, but you mentioned race flight in that video like four times and it was like right when you first started getting into it. Oh, maybe I did. What, uh, what spawned your like relationship with race flight now flight one? Um, it's actually really weird, but the, uh, I had a, a guy named Camille, uh, messaged me and also Zach Thayer kind of mentioned it too. He was mm-hmm. like, Hey, there's kind of this underground development going on. It's like, you know, built on beta flight and it's awesome. And you want to, might want to check it out. And they gave me like, <laughs> you know, like a good PID, you know, like default PID and stuff. And I just threw it on there and it just flew way better than any of my tuned beta flight rigs at the time. Very so cool. That's what kind of like, you know, started it. And that was what, like late 2016, I think. Yeah, it was about two years ago. Yeah. Scruffly. Dude, this is freaking awesome. You need this. Do you see this? What? Let me see the trigger button. I'm really sorry for all you guys out there that can't see this, but this custom game is pretty <laughs> rad. What's your uh, total cost into that thing? Um, About 200 bucks. That's pretty for good. The whole thing. Yeah. In the world of FPV hobbyists, you can afford it. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Oh. But uh, that was a, one of my projects. It was, it, it's kind of messy inside. There's a lot of hot glue. It looks fancier outside. Nice. <laughs> Just dim the lights. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go into tuning a quad first, do you start with the PIDs and then go into filters? Um, no, I actually use – I do filters first. Really? Okay. Yeah. Crazy. Far out. Because, no. um, well, do I do that? 
I can't remember actually. I think I I think I do filters first because the filters change the PIDs. Yeah. So if you get your PIDs where if you if you're tuning your PIDs based on the wrong filters, then or the wrong filter numbers, once you change the numbers or the or the type of filter, it blows out your tune. Noted. So you yeah, just, I usually uh, I usually use like a baseline tune. I literally set defaults and then figure out uh, what my uh, filters should be. And the problem with the filters is you almost you have to kind of black box that because you can't. I mean, there is a feel to it to a certain point, but um, yeah, you just got to see like at least in flight one you can see like what your gyro re- what your gyro reading is, and then you see what it is after it's filtered. You know. Yeah. And you can kind of see if it's over-filtering or it's not filtered enough, you know, based on the hairs or if it's too smooth. If you yeah. over-filter, then it's just like, you know, these weird blobby, like, long lines and it doesn't look right. You want it a little hairy, you know, but not too much. Yeah, I feel like the best flying quads are just ever so slightly hairy. Yes. You want it basically just a, a hair undertuned or yeah. under under-filtered. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit. So, uh yeah, you want just a little bit of because if you, like I said, if you filter just enough or too much, it also latens the controls too. It just kind of feels a little slow. When, so. like when we all got in, uh, not like we all, but like when we got into this, filters weren't a concept yet, right? It was just tuning uh, pids. That's it. Well, they had filters, but they just, you couldn't edit it. Like it was just like, this is the filter. This is the filters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you, do you feel like add, like the, I, for me personally, I think adding the filters is, it creates more possibilities and like areas to fuck up your tune, but it makes like it a does. more precise, perfect answer if you're willing to do it. Do you feel like at the level you're at or like the depth of how into tuning you are and like knowledge, do you, do you seem like super critical of watching people's footage or like scrolling through Rotoriot's feed and like seeing people's tunes? Like do you ju- um, do you judge it I'm as not, much I'm as not they're like, flying? I'm not. I don't really judge a flight by. I don't. Um, can I say that? I don't think that a semi poorly tuned quad makes a bad flight. Is what I'm trying to say. I think it could still be entertaining. But yeah, I'll say, ooh, yeah, that that quad's got some, had some bad habits right there. I think you know, like I'll I'll kind of notice it, but I don't deem the you know the video unworthy or anything like that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but but yeah, I am. You know, I, I notice flaws. I notice a lot of flaws in my own flight. So obviously, I notice it in other people's. So. Yeah. Do you feel like you're pretty self-critical of your flying? I take it. Yeah, probably more than anyone else. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably agree. Just based on like what you release and say you wouldn't have released. Um, yeah, it's it, kind of weird because like it's usually the opposite. Like whenever I'm really really excited about something, I'll post it and it doesn't really do as well. But then I'll post something that I thought was absolute trash, and it just, like, blows up on social media. So I apparently don't know what everyone else likes. (laughs) Uh, No, you basically just summed up most of the FPV industry in 2018 right now. Yeah. (laughs) I guess so, yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's a weird place of, like, people – I mean, people are just – like, it's super novel to most of the people in the world, right? But to, like, people that have been in it since 2015, we, like, judge it on a whole different level of critiques. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. It just depends. Like, if you're trying to fly, like, aggressive and stuff, I think you can get away with, like, not so, you know, like, I, I mean, there are some times where you see a foot and you're like, wow, that, that quad flies really bad. That bounce uh, back but, is you horrible. Know, but for the most part, it, you know, a lot of, you know, it's not, it's changed in the last couple of years, you know. 
Usually. Like back in the day, you would see a lot of poorly flying claws, but nowadays, I think that like Beta Flight on defaults probably flies fairly decent. Yeah, uh, and- for most people, you know what I mean. So, um, so I don't really see much. I don't see uh, much bad, badly tuned footage anymore. Is what I'm saying. That's good. That's super good. Yeah. That's like <clears throat> one of my biggest pet peeves. Yeah. Like, and it's cool to see, I mean, like, today, I mean, because the documentation on, like, how to tune and shit is all out there. When you see a kid that's got, like, 110 followers and his lines aren't crazy, but his quad is just, like, hyper-locked because he's into, like, tuning it and making it fly perfect, I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah. I'd rather watch you cruise over I mean, a lake. There's, there's, two, there's two different kinds of people. I think there's people that are really critical about the tune like that, and then there's people that don't really care and just want to fly and have a good time. Yeah. So, Bot grinder. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Or, or I would say most. I would say a majority of the community is definitely not as picky as we probably are. Um, definitely. So I'm like, oh man, this thing's prop washing all over the place, and everyone's like, "Are you joking? Are you trying to be smart with us? This is amazing." You know, kind of I'm like, okay, You're like, well, I cool. see flaws around every corner. Yeah, I need but... to be alone, so I gotta go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so. Uh, when it comes to, like, you know, you've definitely had a very, like, the ethos of your style has been similar throughout. Like, for me, the biggest moment uh, in, like, your flying that got me hooked onto your flying was the F3 Expo video. Mm-hmm. Like, that shit was my gospel for a while. And I go back. I, like, it's funny, I, though. If you go back and look at it, it's horrible. Dude, it's, it's I mean, it's <laughs> not great. <laughs> Yeah, it's not I great mean, in terms of, in terms of the t- the tune, but the, but if you go back, things if you go back and look that, at the footage that you were like people were putting out at that time, you were doing it right. It's like right, right, fucking right. yeah, of course, Jedi level. But that's what I mean. It's one of those things where it's kind of like a, like an old movie or something, or like an old video game or something. Is like you you just have to take into you just have to know or take into perspective what we had available at that time. Yeah, it's just and how it is. So for, yeah, so for, like, back then we were on PPM. Like, I was not on S-Bus when we were flying that around. I don't think a lot of people flying now even knows what it's like to fly on PPM, but it is horrible. It's, like, super latent. Uh, and uh, we were also on Simon K ESEs. There was no such thing as one shot or multi-shot or D-shot. Yeah, th- was that active before active braking, too? That was like uh, that, that was definitely idle up days. This was uh, before. Um, I don't know if we had active braking or not. I think that was like right. If at we the did, edge. if we did, it was very shitty. Yeah, uh, but I do remember specifically though. Uh, I was flying clean flight, so beta flight wasn't even out at that time, or it had just was about you know just came out. So this was clean flight 1.8. I remember specifically me, Steele, and quite a few other guys kind of stayed on that one. But back then, for those of you guys who don't know. Uh, we didn't have the concept of anti-gravity or what I think, what do they call it now? Air mode. Air mode, sorry. So we didn't have a concept of air mode. So when you went to men throttle, your motor shut off. Yeah. You had to be very, you know, there was even more incentive to have good uh, throttle management because if you went, you know what I mean? If you went too low, you're done. But you want to go really low to be able to have the hang time that we experience now. So uh, there was definitely, yeah, it was, it was a different world for sure. Whatever happened at F3 Expo? I heard they were going to like go do it again, and then it didn't happen. So the company that did F3 Expo is a big company that does conventions and shows for, like, Microsoft, Sony, uh, Delta. I mean, they do, they do a lot of very big shows. 
and we got together with them and we kind of talked them into doing the smaller thing, right? Like, after, you know, that's this is very tiny in comparison to what they're used to. Uh, so they did it. Uh, it didn't really make much money, but they had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, so there was cons- there was talk about doing it again. And uh, I think she did get clearance to, to fund another one, but they're just so busy with all the other big conventions that those kind of took priority. So there was a couple times when we were like, they were ramping up and they're like, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And then finally, I think the last time we talked to them, we were kind of like, do you want us to do it? Like, like I'll, I'll come forward and like, just put my name on the check forward. and we'll exactly. do it. Yeah. Like, like we'll, we'll organize we'll, it. We'll, 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 we'll organize it and manage it. So, uh, that was also on the table and I haven't really talked to them since. So it just seems like one of those things that they want to do, but they just don't have time to do. Yeah, it so, would be sick, and then, dude. Of course, and then I think Rotor Riot, of course, now is like, well, screw waiting for that, and they decided to do Rampage, which I think is a good idea. I think that's going to be awesome. Yeah, and that's going to be so, freestyle-based, right? I believe so. I'm sure they'll be racing and stuff, too, but it's mainly, uh, it's mainly I think, like a art, music, and flying kind of thing. It's more of like a chill sounds thing. like It's going to so, be awesome. Sounds like yeah. it should be in Boulder, Colorado. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Exactly. Uh, but going back to what we were saying about flying, do you feel like we all imagine flying in our heads, right? Like we all imagine lines and like how we're going to do it. Do you feel mm-hmm. like at this stage in your uh, like flying career that your flights are as you imagine or do you feel like your imagination grows above your like your reality at all times? Uh, I think my – imagination is way beyond what I'm physically able to do. Uh, I, I think I, I, the thing that's kind of funny about that is my style of flying is kind of stuck t- to me. Like I just, like, I don't, it's like all I can do. Like yeah, I've tried dude, to fly, I, like I've, I like totally I've tried to it. do like the steel stuff, like where you do flippy dippies all over the place. And dude, like, I'm just not, a, I'm just not a technical capable flying pilot. I can't even really do a lot of the Maddie stunt stuff that Drew does. I can't do Ethan Golnack. That guy is just unbelievable in terms of like technical and smooth flying. Stupid ability. sick. And yeah, and like so, I see these people and I get inspired by them. Obviously, we, can, we all inspire each other. Uh, you know, Johnny, he's obviously a great pilot too, and he kind of. I think he was one of the first people to start doing the whole like rewind concept, where he would kind of like come back Definitely. down in reverse and do the. And uh, so I would find myself start starting to do that. I'm like, I can't do it as good as them. So that pilot's better than me. It was kind of like my mentality. And uh, so I think I would like to be able to do a lot more. I feel like we're capable of doing a lot more, or at least I am, uh, when I go out and fly something. But I'm, I'm always like, eh, that was good. That, I feel like uh, that movie Babe, you know, and he's like, that'll do, pig. Yeah. That's what I feel like at the yeah. end. I'm like, I think I could do better, but that was it was good enough. Um, I, so I feel like, and I find myself doing a lot, a lot of, like, the same ten tricks, if that makes sense. But I do them maybe a little off axis or like, you know, I just, I don't have much of a trick palette, but, um, I think I just utilize my environments, I guess. Yeah. I feel like in a way too, that benefits you. Cause like, I think for the masses, someone would rather watch 10 tricks executed precisely than 30 tricks per, you know, right. like, with like 20 corrections. Well, what I mean by that is I think that, uh, I think like Maddie stunts is also kind of guilty of this is like, I think if you put me or him in an empty field, it wouldn't be very interesting to watch. Yeah. Be, you know, because I kind of need trees and I need my environment to make something interesting and compelling. At least uh, you can tune better. <laughs> yeah, maybe. 
but uh, and I think Maddie too, right? Like, I mean, none of that reverse stuff is going to look cool in an open field. Like, he has to have something to focus on or something to. That's why he always uses huge trees or the big bridges and things like that because it works. Yeah, and uh, you're like a product but, of your environment, I think. Yeah. Like, look at Ethan's videos, right? Like, he's sick at open fields, but he always flies like he, that Yeah, he fucking... could just go to an open field and just kill it. Yeah, and, like, and he not, flies those so. spots, too, that are, like, two trees up against a building and then just an open field. So yeah. for him, it's, like, you know, second nature, whereas... It makes his palette easier because he can ha- he can do something out of, like, a minimal environment. But I'm sure um, he's, like, but... jealous of your, like, southern humidity trees, too, you know? <laughs> oh, like, yeah. I mean, he he. It's kind of funny. Ethan's awesome because like we literally, I guess, are like idols of each other. Yeah. So he'll be he'll he'll literally like I'll post a video and then he'll like post me on Facebook and say, "What is this witchcraft?" <laughs> and I'm like, "What are you talking about? You could do this with your eyes closed. Like, what are you talking about?" Is he like, still? Is he flying Kiss? Um, I think the last I heard. Okay, he was flying Beta Flight for a long time. Uh, we sent him a Flight 1 kit, and he started flying that and really liked it. But I think he said he uh, – something kept frying the ESC or the flight controller. Like there was something wrong electronically with his stack. So he said that he loved it, but every time he tried to like – maybe if he tried to fla- flash the ESCs, that it would brick it or something. Uh, I can't remember. He was having some kind of weird issue, so he ended up going back to beta flight, but he liked the way Flight 1 flew better, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Uh, so then he tried the KISS V2 stuff, so he ordered that, and he said that he did not like that at all. So I don't know where he's at right now. I'm assuming he's back on beta flight until we can get him another kit. Do you do you fly like the latest and greatest from everything just to keep relevant or like just to get a taste? Uh, not all the time, but I do eventually. Like, for example, I built the KISS V2 setup a few months ago. Uh, I built a beta flight quad, um, as well. Cause I was going to do a video on all three, which a lot of people would think I'd be biased, but I mean, I'm usually honest about what I like and don't like about things. So, uh, uh, so w- w- I, where I took, where I took away from that though, is I think they all flew pretty well, but I mean, like I think I'm just so more – I'm more knowledgeable with Flight 1, so, like, my Flight 1 setups fly way better. Yeah. I, 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 I couldn't get KISS. Like, so I will say this. KISS flies very good on defaults. If you just throw defaults on there and take it up, it flies pretty good. I would, uh, I would say – there, there is a little bit of bounce back and things like that, but overall it does pretty well. Uh, and I, But the thing is, but when I sat down and tuned the shit out of it, I could not get rid of the bounce back. I could not get rid of the pitch bounce back if specifically, and I have no clue why. I I would chat up all the KISS experts, and I would try playing with filters. and I mean, I just did – like, I mean, we're talking about, like, we're talking about, like, days and days of tuning it. I could not get it out, so I eventually gave up on it. Yeah. I feel um, – So I, not that it felt bad. I could fly around it even, but I feel like you shouldn't have to fly around it. Yeah, I would I would agree because I feel like if someone asked me what setup should I get that I'm not gonna have to touch and it'll feel good, like I'm just getting into this kiss would be the way to go. Just because yeah. like out of the box it feels great, especially if you're getting into flying. Like uh, you're not... except for the only reason I would disagree with that is kiss is kind of annoying to set up hardware wise. Like it when is you run the tel- when you run the telemetry wires. Okay, I guess they have an all in one now, but I I ran the you know the, yeah the telems and everything. You have the ESCs. You got three wires coming all. It looks like uh, a, it looks like your quads on life support. There's like all these wires <laughs> yeah. going everywhere. Yeah. So like in terms of install, I would not agree with you, but in terms of flying, yes. Um, yeah, and I feel like you know I almost felt like a glutton with the flight one stack. I was like, fuck, I've been in this too long for this to be this easy. Yeah. 
Uh, we're making them easier. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah, the, the the next iteration is pretty crazy. So. Can you talk about it at all? Um, can I? Uh, I can tell you that we have a new ESC technology. Okay. Like entirely. Like something and, that uh, nobody else has. Correct. Very cool. And um, <clears throat> I can't really say more than that. I guess, but we do have a new ESC tech that's pretty mind blowing. And uh, I feel like that's enough for all of us to stay up at night. Yeah, just kind of, yeah, just kind of simmer. File that one away, guys. You heard it here. Yeah, just think <laughs> about uh, a new ESC tech. And I'm not even talking about just flight, uh, like the actual like firmware and stuff. I'm talking about like the protocol and everything. Like everything is different. It's pretty pretty crazy. So anyway, it's going to be even easier to set up if you can think about that. But um, so uh, yeah. That's basically it. And, of course, i got a hex coming out. My batteries just came out. I'm also coming out with a new frame that I'm thinking about maybe even making it modular where it could be a true X. I don't know if I could do a true X. It would almost have to be a stretched X. But I was thinking about doing one that could be a standard quad, but then you could actually add the two extra arms to create a hex out of it. That was my my first hex. My first uh, multi-rotor was a hex. <clears throat> and it was too that. much power, so I had to take the middle arms out and just make it a quad. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking about a way to maybe do a modular design. I don't know if I will or not, but um, I'm going to bring the hex back. It's going to be it's going to be cool. You're going to see you're going to see hex footage, and I'm definitely going to leave the motor sound in there just because. Just. Yeah. Did you like, did you see a flight test like one of their newer videos with uh, what's his face Peter? And it's they, hard to keep up with them, man. They've got so much stuff going on. Yeah, but they built uh, a, bi- I, I do a bicopter. On, Did I see that? on like three axis or two axis servos, like two 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 I don't quad think motors I saw that yet. on Did two axis. Yeah, it worked. It looked like it was ready to drop out of the sky at most moments. But so how do they? Uh, so what flight controller do they use? No idea. It was I, I grazed over the video, so I like you know. They must have just had some kind of gyro on there. That yeah, it was stabilize the two servos. Probably one of the coolest looking flying objects. He made it look like some kind of halo pod or some shit. Like, have you seen that? Uh, there's one online that's actually a uh, a single rotor. Single single rotor, like like quad motor. Yeah, it's like a quad rotor, and then they have a bar coming off of it that creates a counterweight, and the weight swings around to stabilize it. And it what crazy? Yeah. That looks. That sounds awesome. Yeah, like super. So, constant, so the whole thing is constantly spinning, but they can actually like. It's pretty weird. That's super weird. Yeah. Uh, speaking of single motor things, you you ever flown an FPV wing since that one video you did like two years ago? Only with, with flight tests. Yeah, I think that's the only one. That's it. Huh? The 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 FT arrow. Yeah, yeah. Around like that. I lot, haven't. It, you know, dude. It comes back to my lazy. So Ruben from um, Sweep Wings. He sent me, like, one of the gnarly ones, like the full kit. And I was just kind of like, uh, sticks and carbon rods and tape and glue. I'm just like, eh, I'm going to save this for a rainy day. And I kind of, like, stuffed it in a box. And uh, so I do want to do one, but it's just one of those things of when I become, become unlazy. But I, I haven't had an opportunity to fly a big one. I've only flown the FT Aero, which was fun and all, but it's like, Wings, if you've never flown a wing before, if you're flying an FPV wing, it's like bobbing all over the place. It's like very unstable. Yeah, the smaller uh, you so go, the I, I wanted to try like maybe a, I wanted to try maybe a big one with a flight controller on it to even maybe stabilize some. Um, 
something like that. Because without a rudder, you need you need some stabilization. Yeah, I think too. Like the stable stabilization is the huge thing I've been thinking about because it's like every time I watch a wing video, besides besides Sean Kranz, because he's like well, you have to have like a massive one. Yeah, you gotta have like a ninety inch wing or some shit. Yeah, but I'm like this thing needs some eye term, you know. But then you then you think about the control services of a wing, and they're not like the tolerances aren't that low, you know, like they're pretty. Flippy floppy, and I was thinking if you could build uh, fiberglass insert control surfaces, so it's like a fiberglass flap with fiberglass edges where it's like very precise. It's like a millimeter tolerance, and then yeah. you could run your eye turn controller that's just doing subtle adjustments to keep it straight. Yeah, because if you use a foam yeah. flap, like I feel like that's for a flight controller, that's not enough. Yeah, that would be sick. Oh, I agree, because the flap itself would have give. It's got some play in it, yeah, yeah, for sure. And for a flight controller, like, it's going to be, like, trying to fu- – it's going to see that play and try to counteract it. Yeah. So you might get it fighting itself even. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, yeah, I think – yeah, so where were you going with this? Have you tried it or no? Uh, I haven't built a wing, but I'm, like – I can tell it's about to happen. Yeah, they're cool, man. It's a different experience for sure. Yeah, um, I really want to build a wing and then put like. Now, to be honest, I, when I did it, uh, I was I enjoyed the wing more line of sight. I know that sounds kind of weird, but that, I think that was my first time ever really flying line of sight, like an action something other than a quad. That's how I feel about RC cars, uh, dude. I built the FPV yeah. one, and I enjoy the shit out of it line of sight compared to FPV. Yeah. Because I want to, wa- yeah. I want to watch the shocks. Like I yeah, want, you know, like I want to yeah. see this shit. You get so much more of a perspective. Well. FPV definitely has an advantage. Yeah. Uh, well, proximity. Anyway, and... Exactly. Seeing what's in front of you versus... But, uh, yeah, I just that's literally 90% of the fun is seeing it go airborne and seeing, like, you know, the chassis slap and the shocks and dirt slinging out everywhere. You kind of don't get any of that effect. Dude, uh, I... Uh, the camera. I blew the rear diff on my UDR yesterday. Did you? I haven't actually fired mine in about two months, and I, I fired it up two months ago, and the steering servo was out. Dude, like, those, I, I, I just drove in a straight line. I was like, "What is going on?" I've only I've only driven that thing maybe eight times. Did like, you? I, I've never. Uh, you should have warranted it. Like, too bad. Like you get a thirty day warranty on that shit. Oh. But if yeah, you, you if you call Traxxas, you can get, uh, get like discount servos if you have nah. one. Are you gonna upgrade gonna the servo? Yeah, I'm just going to put a Savox or something in it. Yeah, yeah. That's what I did to all of mine as I went to, like, high-torque uh, servos. Because I, luckily, because I flew very big planes, uh, I have a lot of high-torque servos lay, laying around, like MKS and high-tech. And, uh, so I actually was like, hmm, that will fit in my car. I'm like, you know, just pop it in there, and it's like... You know, like they're so, so responsive. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, you know, 400 ounces of torque or something is like enough to just rip the steering axle or column right yeah, off. Yeah, you, you can land so like you full lock to the left yeah. and the servo won't break. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you uh, so, have you used any of the hacker servos? Uh, the German company? No. Uh-uh. We use those for the commercial UAVs and they they have them in Schizo Purple. It's the only reason I asked. Oh, cool. But they give you yeah, full... No, I, Full del- digital telemetry and shit too, which is tight. Oh, nice! Yeah, I need to get some. I'm gonna put my name on that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> have you? Uh, I mean, like, I feel like you're you balance between ho- like FPV is a constant hobby for you, but otherwise your Instagram would show various other hobbies bouncing around all the time. Mm-hmm. How deep into all the hobbies do you get? 
like 3D planes, arcade machines. I have the tendency to get super deep to almost an obsession level on something. And then when I feel like I've achieved enough or I or like um I don't know the word. If I plateau, you know what I mean? Like if I don't see an improvement on something, I move on to something else. So for example, like with piano, I was like I would sit down 4 or 5 hours a day playing. Uh, and then I got to the point where I just couldn't get any better. I just felt like like that's what it is. Then I started doing something else, you know. So it's like I, I don't know. I mean, I might. I, I have to see it's change. It's not stimulating I have to see, I have to see improve. Yeah, it's like I'm sure if I sat down on the piano and continued to do it, I would get better. But it just would be a slow change. You know what I'm saying? Like it has to be. There's like a diminishing return. You like just don't notice much after a while. Do you? Uh, that's that's when I move on to something else usually. When's the last time you flew a 3D plane? Like, how much is one of those 3D planes you built, dude? Um, because they were fucking okay. Sick. So, if I had a, the reason I don't fly at all anymore, it's been probably a year. Sit for 3D before. planes? Yeah. Okay. And the reason for no, it's not a year. Probably about eight months ish, almost a year. Uh, the reason I stopped flying planes is because so when I started flying planes, I got obsessive with it. Of course, I started we, with like we, a phone we, plane. We watch it happen. Yeah, I started with a foam plane, and I flew the foam plane around the yard. I'm like, man, this is awesome, right? Like, and you start learning the controls, right? And I got the simulator, and then once I started getting comfortable with the foam plane, I decided to get a boss of wood, you know, like a an actual plane, but like a smaller one, like a 60 inch wingspan. And uh, I started flying that around. I crashed them a couple times, rebuilt them, or just build a new air or buy a new airframe. You know, you crash them a couple times learning. And uh, but when you crash the small ones, it's not that big of a deal. Like, it's like the three you, inch. You, 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 yeah, like three you'll inch kind crash. of lose. Like you'll probably yeah. If you if you like go let's say you go nose in on on like a sixty inch plane, you're looking at probably about three hundred dollars to fix it. So it's not cheap, but it's not that bad to like keep keep me from doing it. So I was having too much fun. I'm like it's worth the risk, you know. So then uh, so then once I got comfortable with that, I moved into the big boys, and those are four or five thousand dollars. Yeah. Uh, big gas planes, and uh, so the reason I don't fly anymore is not because I got bored of it or, or whatever. But the the my local fi- flying field shut down. Oh, that's uh, because sucks. yeah. So they they were renting the land from the state. It's a long story, but basically they were leasing the land from the state that belonged to the state, or I think. And um, the a guy, um, a really rich dude, bought some property near the airfield to build a neighborhood on, and he thought that that was going to be a nuisance. So he went to the state and was like, don't renew that lease or I'm not going to build property around there. So the state's like, uh, okay. That's so, so much they, tax money. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they were like, yeah, that, like they definitely, they definitely wanted that, that all that, that, yeah, they, yeah, they want that area to, to blow up. So yeah. they're like, yeah, screw this stupid RC field. Like, bring it in the houses. So that's basically what happened. So we lost the airfield and the closest one to me is like two hours away. And if you include like, uh, Loading these planes up and setting them up, and you have to like clean the oil off. Of, it's it, it's a full day minimum. So can we uh, see it? So, so we're gonna see like a schizo plane giveaway sometime soon. I already did. You I already did gave away. Yeah, I gave away a couple planes and I sold a couple. Yeah. Day. Fuck. But um, you have my number. I don't know what happened. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I still have plane. I still have a couple. I think like smaller ones. But uh, but that's the reason. Uh, otherwise, I'd probably still be flying for sure. Yeah. Do you uh you ever race RC cars or like go to events or just drive them for fun? Just for fun right now. I, I honestly didn't care about racing at all. 
uh, I just love jumping them, sending them to the moon. Yeah. There's just something, like, primitive about seeing something go airborne that shouldn't be. <laughs> Dude, it's like my inner seven-year-old, you know? Yeah, every yeah. single time. Like, I, you, my, like Autumn would walk out. I will be in my front yard, and I'll set up this super jalopy, like, ramp. It's like a countertop, like... like like against like something yeah. you know and i make this real like jalopy ramp and i'm out there just jumping it over and over and over again and autumn walks out and she's just like you're like a kid you know like she just sees me like grinning the whole time <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and, you, and it's just over and over again like it never gets old this is my this therapy is funny i need this yeah so uh I don't know. It's it's similar to like I guess being obsessed with fire or something. I feel like Beavis and Butthead. I'm like fire, fire. Like every time I'm like ripping around. Yeah, I feel like I, I ripped the UDR for the first time yesterday in a while, and even the nitro car. Like I can rip the UDR harder. It's way faster. But something about the nitro engine running Dude, and the smell of it, Nitro's and like it's yeah. just like you know, it's it's. it's just, I don't really care. I mean, the smell's kind of neat, but that's not. It's definitely the sound. I mean, just just like why? Just like I don't care. Yeah, they're just so cool. I got one with uh, three speed on it, so you like jump oh, wow. it and I've then you seen that. Yeah, and you land it, and you can hear it downshifting as you're slowing down. Wow, yeah, it's, I've never seen that. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a lot of maintenance, so right? It has a like, clutch in it, it's I got guess? a clutch in it. Yeah, I just put a new clutch in it, so it's like ten times more maintenance than an electric car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. But uh, but it's super fun to run. Like it's it's like the novelty factor, right? Like oh yeah, yeah. They have like they're so inferior in compared to electric. But like yeah, I think even like I, I don't. I've never had a nitro car except I've had like, buddies bring them out. But I, they're also like sensitive. Like if they flip upside down, they'll die and things like that. There's a lot of like, yeah. If it's humid out, you got to change the carb. Yeah, like you got to do but all this. All, but it's just so cool when you see those things ripping. Though it's just like I don't know what it is. Didn't it's, was way, it? it's way more of a uh, an uh, an eye catcher. You know, like whenever we go out like ripping somewhere, I'll bring my big ass like awesome electric cars out, and everyone's looking at that little nitro thing rip around. Yeah, it's like. It's just something about it. Do you have any gas ones? Like, you know, like the 35 no, I've seas? No. I've Does it Freybot have one of those? What yeah, it? he bought the, uh, he got the, uh, what is that? It's like the buggy, like the, like the, the T1 uh, buggy. Yeah, the kind Desert Buggy XL, I think yeah. it's called. Yeah. Oh, he is got it the a low C? He... Is it a low C? It is, it is a low C, but he got the electric one. Uh, um, so they have a they have a big electric and a big gas one. He got the electric. It's like eight S. When I bought the UDR, they had the gas one like behind or like on the same shelf as the UDR yeah, at the hobby shop, so and yeah. it was like two hundred bucks more. But I live next to an old folks home, so I was like, Yeah, I can't, I can't just be running. I've got I'm lucky enough. I with the car stuff, I've got places I can take something like that. But, um, but yeah, they're so cool. I I almost I almost bought one a couple times, like the big big gasser guy. So. Yeah, if you do, let me know. Dude. <laughs> yeah. My buddy has my buddy has the one that Freybot has except the the gas one. And it's I mean, so sick. They have like a like a cheap clone on not cheap, it's like 500 bucks on eBay. Yeah. But they have like That's a decent cheap clone. Comparison. And everybody says if you, it works great if you just when you buy it, it explodes. No, you take the whole thing apart and just Loctite everything and it'll run yeah. fine. <laughs> Oh, okay. It just falls and shakes apart. Yeah, he said. Everybody yeah. says, you'll, he's like, I drove it for the first time and lost seven bolts. I drove it for the second time and lost four more. Yeah. I mean, it's another one of the, I knew that it was going to be one of those, like, just ungodly amazing, but like a rabbit hole of, like, maintenance. Because, like, he brought it. So my buddy has one. He said he's only driven it once, and he brings it out. 
and he jumps at one time, and the whole steering column comes apart, like like all the bolts and stuff. So we had to like, I mean, a lot of it's like pretty easy, you know, but it's just like uh, it's the time reassemble. Yeah, so you've got this little thing shaking like nonstop, like violently. Where you could just get like a set and and just rip it. There's nothing. Yeah, exactly. But there's nothing more like that has a better presence than that thing. It looks so because it's so big and just. I mean, yeah. it's basically like a go kart, dude. It's a go pet engine on an RC yeah. car. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's uh, it's definitely cool seeing that thing jump. You're just like, oh my god! Like smoke shooting off of it, dirt shooting everywhere. Rev limiter, it's just like all the things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's like, oh my god. Where you, you have no air control at all, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, because it's not like like the like the smaller like the Traxxas shit, like the smaller stuff where you can just torque flip it. Yeah, like well, just, that's mainly electric that can do that. Yeah, you, yeah, the nitro car I can do it, but I need like forty feet of air to get yeah. like like because it just like ever so slightly levels back out. Yeah, I got to be like third gear wide open. Yeah, because at my house I have like an acre with one dirt hill in it. So if yeah. I like, it's like you're like, oh, I'm gonna go, go to the back of the yard to get speed, and I'll like jump it half the other yard. But otherwise, yeah. dude, even the UDR like that shit's too heavy, and it's all wheel drive, so you can't really. Like yeah. torque into yeah, it, yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah. Did you? That's another thing that's that's another thing that's cool about the uh, um, the gas and the nitro stuff is they're usually rear wheel drive. Yeah. So those things like they, you know, they freaking fishtail around like a real car. It's awesome. And there's no so, like gyro on it or shit. Right. Yeah. Which do you ever so, do you ever uh, drive your UDR like gyro on and off? Like, do you mix mess with it at all, or do you just drive it one way or the other? I think I leave it on because I did. I tried turning it off, and it was a little squirrely. Uh, yeah. In the sense that, like, I would try to do power slides, and it would actually go all the way around, even though I'm trying to counter it and stuff. Like, it was very touchy to like kind of. Yeah, and you can flip that shit so it. hard at full speed. So like, I leave. I leave it. Uh, uh, I think I do half. Like half. You know what I mean? Like half. Like half. Or whatever. Half spilling yeah. on. Yeah, because yeah. if you have it fully off and you try to like turn that thing at full speed, it'll just fucking tomahawk yeah, you're itself. Just gonna, yeah, you're just gonna roll like forty times. Yeah. Were you uh, but, Were you into RC cars before FPV? No, I got into that recently. Tight. Me too. I wasn't into RC anything actually. I went straight to uh, quads, FPV quads. Yeah. And then it kind of, then I went full circle backwards. Like most people, like start with the cars and planes and work their way in. I literally went backwards. Yeah, I went – well, the only thing I had was like back in late middle school, early high school, I had those uh, Radio Shack X mods. You ever seen okay. those? Like the little – I mean two- I, ha- I had like the – like like as a kid, I had like the ones that were like – it was like an RC car that was basically still hooked to a wire. I mean they're just yeah, super yeah. cheap. And, just, I mean I had those, but I don't really consider that like a – I don't know. Enthusiast level yeah, hobby. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They sell those at so. the checkout aisle. Oh yeah, it was literally like a ten dollar car or something. So like, yeah, they were kind of fun, but I, it's just not the same thing at all. Yeah. So, uh, um, random question: When you like back in the Atlanta hobby days, did you know a kid that worked at Atlanta Hobbies named Danny? Sounds familiar. Interesting. I don't know. I, yeah, because I went into Sounds really familiar. Yeah, he had like blonde hair. Maybe like five ten, five eleven, into like ricey sport bike kind of esque activities. I feel like I might. I this I might vague. This must have been like right when I started going there. I vaguely remember. 
Yeah, because that's where I met Steel. I mean, Steel was also there. Yeah, I work with I, like I work at the commercial UAV world, and I was dropping off a fuselage to get an autopilot installed at this shop, like twenty miles from my house. And I'm giving it to the tech, and I'm talking to the guy, and he's like, "Yeah, I moved here. I used to work at Atlanta Hobbies." And I was like, "What?" And then I looked yeah. at his Facebook, and like the only friends were like Steel and I think you in common for us. But really? So wait, rich. so I have him on my Facebook? I can't remember if it was you and Steel or just Steel. I want to look him up now. But Do you remember su- his last name? I don't. Dang it! Just Danny. Danny Chan. Oh, there's so many Dannys. Nah, I'm screwed. Nah, not you. Probably not. I'm probably not gonna find him. Um, but ra- random quinky dink. Yeah, that's like super. Like, what are the odds of that? Yeah. In the commercial UAV company I uh, used to work for, built a plane for Atlanta Hobbies once. Really? Like I, I held an Atlanta Hobbies UAV in my hands that we shipped to Atlanta Hobbies in like late 2015. Cool. Super random. That's awesome. I mean, Atlanta Hobby is very like it's huge, man. Is it? Oh, I, I mean, it's just like it's just like a hole in the wall kind of place here, you know. Like nobody really knows about it locally. Yeah, I, I I don't know how big of a place it is physically, but for them to be able to afford one of these UAVs, they got to be doing oh yeah 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 pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, back in the OG days, those were the best of the days. Yeah, I remember. I actually got um I got uh started getting into uh video game stuff now, like development again. Like back into video like because I know you came from that world. Yeah. Yeah, I stopped doing it for FPV stuff, but I'm getting back into it now. So I've kind of been like super like motivated the last week or so. Uh, just for yourself or for like a bigger project? Yeah, or? no, just for myself. Just worked on a side project. I came up with like a really cool idea for a game. So, uh, I mean that's super sick. Do you have you ever had any desire to like FPV sim a game, like make an FPV sim? Uh, yeah, I made one. You did? Yeah. What's it called? I mean, I, I didn't release it, but I have one on my computer <laughs> that I made. Is it pretty decent? Like, do you enjoy flying it? Uh, I think it flies better than what's out, yeah. I'll send you my email. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's super, like, there's, like, one map, and it's not multiplayer. It's very, you know, primitive, but... Um... Speaking, like, I mean, I video, like, you, you sold a video game company or whatnot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to work for a bunch of video game companies, and then I started my own, and then I sold it. Do you, like, so, like, on that front, what's your daily grind like? Now it's that. Like, 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 do you, like, I mean, like, before, like, the video game thing, like, did you sell the company and make enough to just, like, hang out and fly FPV all the time, or, like, do you just work from home, or... Yeah, I did, no, so when I sold, I still did some side contract work. I was still doing, you know, freelance. But from home and shit. But from home, yeah. So it allowed me to have plenty of time to fly. Then eventually I stopped doing that entirely and just flew. Uh, But that mainly didn't happen until I started doing, you know, making a little bit of royalties off of, you know, my name. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, at Uh, this point, I'm sure it's not like other industries, but like you got a pretty, you got a lot of hands and a lot of pots now. Yeah, I try. Yeah, and I feel like all the... you took a you took like you flanked it right. Like when everybody was like in 2016, when everybody was like FPV is going to be the biggest thing. Like this is going to be epic. Like 
Hawaii worlds, all this shit was going on, you like kind of just dipped out and flew freestyle and like, you know, like set up your relationship with Flight One and like Lumineer and all that shit. And then like come 2017, 2018, we've got like more schizo product than any other pilot out there. Yeah, I mean, that what wasn't the fuck, really dude? a part of my, I think, <laughs> I think that just, I got lucky and that worked out in my favor. It wasn't that I thought, you know, I just liked freestyle better and didn't care about anything else. Yeah, luckily, I guess I guess the rest of the world followed. I guess you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm super happy for it because I feel like you're like the beacon of famous pilots that like spreads the idea of super watchable footage. Nice. Like, I I love Steel. Like, I respect Steel wholeheartedly for making a career off of this and his flight. Like, if I had an expensive rig, I would hire Steel to fly it, but. A good friend of mine described Steel's flying as a skateboard edit, but the GoPro's on the skateboard. Yeah. You know, so I feel like you're, yeah. you were one of the first original famous pilots, whatever that means in this world, to be like, I just want to float over these trees at a really chill pace over some piano music. <laughs> and everybody like accepted it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it all started in that tree dancing video, I guess. That was like the first. Like, yeah. Because you know, every everyone back then was like when we all started out, everyone was like, "How fast can I hit this hole? How can you know how just energy, energy, energy? Can I roll, 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 Yeah, yeah, roll. yeah. And I was kind of like, I made, came out with a video that just had this chill music, and it was literally one tree that I was playing around the whole time. Yeah. And people, everyone freaked out about it. People were like, like, "What?" Maybe, maybe I, yeah, I was like, maybe I'm onto something here. So I kind of just kept going that way, I guess. Yeah, I think it's hard for people to figure out at this stage of our industry, but like you look at, you know, snowboarding, motocross, skateboarding, there's people that compete and there's people that spend like nine months of their life making an edit. Yeah. You know, like there's avenues for both for sure. But, uh, in our industry, it was like tough because everybody just fucking, in 2016, everybody was like, I'm going to be the next, whatever it is, you know, like this is it. I'm going to be famous. And like, given the ESPN pilots have their fame, but it's not like their household names, you know? Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, what do you, what do you think about? Cause a lot of people, uh, a lot of companies, you know, I've heard, um, who have I heard? heard, I don't want to call people out, but I've heard, you know, company owners in this industry, uh, say that the hobby is dying. How do you, how do you feel about that? I, I feel like it's a natural opinion on it honest opinion is it's a natural trough um like before this i raced downhill mountain bikes and that was like seven years of my life super competitive and in the mid 90s downhill mountain bikes came out and they had like volvo mercedes oakley all the huge sponsors the same thing happened everybody was like we can't make money off of this nobody cares about it late 90s early 2000s it dipped off and it was just a grassroots hobby and now we're back to like we have the red bull world cup downhill race series and you kind of you need the acclimation to weed out the people that are just there for the wrong reasons, and you you can't overshoot your expectations, you know, which everybody's easy to do because everybody wants to make money. Everybody wants to quit their day jobs. Everybody wants to just FPV all the time, but it's like maybe we're ready to do that, but the ecosystem we're trying to function in is not ready for that. Well, I mean, what I think is that the a lot of people that are saying this are like – you know, like this, you know, the store owners and stuff like that. They're like, oh, we're just not selling as much product anymore. So they assume that the hobby's dying. But I think that it's growing and there's a lot more players at the table now. 
You know, you've got like you've got like uh, Pyroflip and all these other companies. Like you know, I mean, I you know, a lot of people are probably buying from Pyroflip instead of GetFPV now or whatever. Right. I mean, so um, you've got a lot more competitive prices and just more stuff out there. That, you know, back in the day, it was literally. Li- I'm not joking. Back in the day, like when I started, it was GetFPV, uh, ready-made RC, Buddy RC. And uh, obviously, Hobby King, or, and, that, and I might be missing like a couple other, but there was just like a few players that, like, if you were going to get anything hobby related FPV, you had to go with one of those companies to get it. Yeah, now, now it's like just, fucking like, all kinds a of small shops all over the place. Yeah, so I mean, I think that that's what's happening is they're just not as relevant anymore. Some of these companies. Yeah, and I also feel like you know, like 2016, 2015, and now like I buy one Crossfire receiver, I've never had one die. You know, like I buy one flight controller and that's all I need. Like back yeah, in, I mean, back we, in yeah, 2015, I was like, oh, well, this thing just fucking – I don't know why, but it's just dead now. So like yeah. I, I need more. And yeah, I would say the hardware is definitely more reliable now. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, the flightware like in terms of uh, like PIDs and algorithms and shit like that, I feel like people break less shit, you know. Like – we have more of a gauge of what's possible. Like back in the day, we were like, "Oh, Sharpoo flew through a concrete structure. Let's blow up six hundred dollars worth of parts trying to recreate that video." Yeah, <laughs> I'll never forget the uh, the video where he. Uh, I mean, that's one of the reasons why Sharpoo's so great is because you know him and the Blackout team kind of paved the way for our generation. Yeah, I mean uh, that was the, that was the video that him and that like that Revolution Diplo song video that he did. The Left Behind video. Left Behind, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was like the That's first. What, yeah, that was my first FPV ocu- ocular invasion. Yeah, that I yeah, ever that, saw. I was just like, I want to go to there. And, yeah. uh, that was, How that much was money there. for this? Yeah. How much do so, I pay for that? But I, I'll never forget. He did like I don't even know if it was one of his bigger videos, but he did a random video. You probably know of it, where he basically took like he either took like the uh, the candy eggshells, like the halves, or he took up ping pong balls and cut them in half and stuck it to the bottom of his quad and he slid under his car with it. Yeah. And I was just like, I was like, guy, I mean, I was people like, are just doing figuring this out now. They're like starting to, you know, they put those little landing things on there and slide soap, and like, soap shoes, dog. Let me show you something, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a guy that did this a long time ago. <laughs> do you, uh, do you still ever talk to him? Uh, yeah, we're, we're buddies on Facebook. I don't like talk to him on the phone or anything, but he, he's like actually really big. This is one of our, my, another random like hobby quirks, but I used to big, big into filmmaking, like short horror films and stuff like that. And that's kind of what I did before this. And he's actually very good at that. That guy makes some of the sickest like horror shorts that I've ever seen. And, uh, I'm not joking. I'll, I'll send you a link. You'll you be should, blown man. away about what Sharpoo can do. And uh, we that's what we do. Like, every now and then he'd be like, dude, I just got this camera. Check out this shot. And he'll send me some kind of, like, re- like a 10-second short of some monster walking by or something. I'm like, yes. Fuck so, yeah. So, like, we, we, <laughs> we kind of have that little nerdy, like, short horror short thing. So whenever he's doing – when he has anything to show me, I'm, like, the first person he pings on Facebook to show it to. So we have that kind of thing. But other than that, like, not really, you know. Dude, if you ever uh, – if you ever talk to him, I'd love to have him on here, man. Yeah, of course. I, I don't know what he – I mean, he's just – you know, deep in, in DreamWorks, I guess. You know, He's a Loch Ness you know, of FPV. Yeah. Like, the last three videos I've seen of him weren't even GoPro. They're just DVR. Like, he's straight up just oh, out yeah. there to fly. He's super cash. Yeah, yeah. Super cash. Yeah. 
That's cool, though, man. I mean, you know, he, he came in, he blew mines, and he was like, I'm going to blow mines somewhere else and kind of moved on. Yeah, I got bigger so, fish to fry. Exactly. And he, like, I mean, he's that, he's, he, like, he's literally, like, the head animator at DreamWorks. I mean, that's probably more important than flying quads around. Yeah, and I'm sure, too, it's like, <clears throat> you, like, I mean, he's an immigrant, too. Like, that's like a life dream, right? I went to America, oh, yeah. and, like, I run this huge sick setup, and your kids probably yeah. saw it, and... I might not be, but my movies are a household name, like proper, yep. proper, yep. proper. I, th- I would say he's winning. He's he's Charlie Sheening right now. <laughs> yeah, I heard Charlie. <laughs> I heard Charlie Sheen's back, all sober and like gentrified. Oh, I don't know. I've been keeping up, but that's good. It's more of like how long is that gonna last? I don't know. Um, fucking Charlie Sheen. That's a hell of a style in life. We'll have one of those in FPV in like 20 years. Well, I guess we have I Bot Grinder. So. We have Bot Grinder <laughs> yeah, yeah. as we get to it. I was uh, like, like, oh, those kind of people exist. That's cool. Yeah. Do you think all styles in FPV have a future? I don't really know what the future of FPV is in general, man. Like, that's the thing that's kind of fun about it. Not saying that I think it's going to die or whatever, but like, I think that there's... I mean, at, like, where, where were we five years ago? Not even we're here. We're doing this. Yeah. Where are we going to be five years from now? I don't know. There might be something way cooler than FPV that comes out. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. But uh, I don't know. That's a deep question It's like that I don't really have an answer for. I have no clue. Are there styles of footage that just turn you off? Yeah. I would say the Johnny esque style flying is kind of uh, really. I love Johnny. I love Johnny. To, no, not not Johnny himself. No, no, I, no. I know, but I mean, like most the, of all answers, you know, like I don't think of me. I would and literally, yeah, I would say Johnny and Steel. I'd say, but like any anything that has a lot of flippy stuff going on, but there's nothing else going on other than them doing that is not really that fun to me. I realize that there, that it takes an ability, but it's just not entertaining to watch. Yeah. Uh, and then Johnny, the problem with that is he's amazing, obviously. I'm not talking smack about Johnny at all. He's a really good pilot. But everyone he, he does came it. up with his own style, right? He has his own style. But the problem is there's so many people mimicking his style now. That yeah, it's, I just, it's retarded. You know, like, I immediately see it. I'm just like, I have to actually look at the name to see if it's him or not because there's just so many people uh, yeah. imitating it. So. Brandy and I talk and about the that same a lot. thing happened to Maddie too. I mean, like Maddie like came out with these crazy stuff, and then all of a sudden, there's people that are doing it better than him. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just like I'm glad you said know. it, not me. <laughs> no, I mean no. There was well, that, that wasn't really a shot at him. It was just kind of like he came up, he came out with his own style, and then the, I think that like one of his friends that he flew with a lot. Yeah, like close to him. I forget his yeah, name. Yeah, started but... mimicking that style, but he was coming out with like even more gnarly stuff. Yeah, and, um, and well, and then Johnny took like a, or I mean not Johnny, Maddie took like a year off, and that friend just fucking ran train, and he kept going. Yeah, yeah he he's like, going, I'm, so I'm, I'll evolved. see you later. Yeah, yeah, I'm superhuman now. So, uh, so anyway, I, that, that wasn't a punch at anyone. It was just kind of like I think Maddie came out with his own style, Johnny came out with his own style, and I just kind of got tired of seeing that kind of stuff. Interesting. Yeah, that's a really like I mean, not the answer I would have guessed. I would have guessed you would have said something like Shatley tuned or like steel style, not because it's not skillful, but it's just the farthest from your personal style. Yeah, I mean steel is kind of in that flippy dippy all the time kind of realm, but not quite not quite Well, as he does it with the most amount of skill, right? Right, yeah. Like if you that's can... what what I'm saying is that that I'm I rec- I can't do that, so I recognize that as skill. 
Uh, I'm not saying that flying technically is not a skill. It's just that when you do too much of it and there's nothing else there, it's just not that compelling to sit there and watch is what I mean. What I mean. Yeah, I totally agree. So you can re- you can respect it from a pilot standpoint, but from an observer, you're just like, okay, I'm just seeing the screen flip all over the place, <laughs> and it's kind of like Skateboard whatever. from the skateboard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I feel like for me, the biggest judgment is corrections. Like, I don't care what style you fly. I obviously have my styles I like to watch, but if you can fly like steel and you do that those crazy rolls in one stick input, like, mm-hmm. you got my respect. But if you're, like, yeah. doing three quarters of a roll, then, like, 11 tenths, and then, like, fixing it at the last second, like... Right. Not about it. Like you're, smooth, you're trying yeah. too hard. I'd rather right, watch right, a noob right. fly across the lake like dead slow with one <laughs> turn. You know, I do. I I got I I gotta admit I like like you and your girlfriend's footage of like some of that stuff that you do where you're just like just super flowy and like I don't know I like that stuff I don't I don't have any of that scenery to do that stuff around. So Dude, it's funny too I'm because jealous. our spank banks are filled with ear trees. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because like nice. we, we we don't we don't have like the trees in Colorado go to the ground. You know, like the vegetation goes all the way to the ground. Oh, there's okay, ghosts. Yeah. Whereas you have like this like long fucking tree trunk with like a canopy, so yeah. you can like dance up under. Yeah, them. It, yeah. It usually goes up about ten or twenty feet, and then then it finally. Yeah. But yeah, we got this worse with Maddie though. Like up there in Canada, it's like ninety like, foot. It's like to- that. <laughs> It's like literally 90 or 100 feet and then this tiny Christmas tree at the top. Yeah. You're like, what the hell is this? I, I will agree that for that shit, you might need the 6S. Yeah. <laughs> to get from the oh, ground yeah. up to that shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I, exactly. That's what I meant. Like, so in my environment, what I fly, I think 4S is plenty, but I definitely could see that if you're in, like, it's kind of even hard to tell what the spacing is of these trees. I mean, they could be, like, hundreds of feet apart and it's yeah, going to take a warping. while to get there. Yeah. yeah, to try to flick yourself over that, you're gonna probably need success. <laughs> Dude, so. you uh, have you ever been on a long range flight? No, uh, no, a long time ago. Like how One long? Of my is first long? FPV venture. No, like when I got into this, I was like, you know, I had the option, right? Like when I was building my first quad, it was a uh, a blackout, and I put um, 1.3 gigahertz uh, video on it. And I did UHF 433 megahertz link, and I flew about three miles on it. Damn, son. And I was like, That's All like right, eight that. miles in today's range. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I flew yeah. three miles. It was in PPM, of course, right? Yeah, fucking so nuts. Like, Living on the so edge. Like, yeah, I'm like, Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> Oh, the video's starting to break up, turning around. And I, and I come back, and that was it. I never did it again. I was just like, Yeah, you know, I did like a checkbox and like moved on. Yeah. Fucking, so I, I feel have, like, but I haven't touched it since. But there's not really around here. It's just, it's yeah. very densely. The trees are very dense, and it's just there's not there's not really much mountainous regions. There's just no real reason for it here. Yeah, this is my Gab 707 Georgia edit. It's gonna be lit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, re- I real study like the out shit out of this. Are, or like, or, or like out where you are with the crazy mountain ranges, or like the uh, like near the like on the over the ocean. Like I totally get that, but there, I have none of that here. So I kind of. How far but are you I from the ocean? Will. Uh, six hours, something like that. Not not far, but I mean, way close. closer than me. But that's still a distance. Yeah, that's still a. But I mean, but what I'm saying is, is when I do go to one of those places, I'll probably you know bust out my crossfire rig and do it. Dude, you uh, you and Autumn got to come up here sometime, man. I know. You should come up in the winter. Are you up there or over there, or both? Where what are you, are you at? I am you're just outside of Boulder, so Colorado. Over. <laughs> no, I live in like the front range, so I live like in the valley of Colorado, but like all the spots I make edits from are within a half hour of my house. 
Oh, nice. Yeah, it's super close. But the winter is the time to come, even though it's cold as shit. Like, you just don't have to do shit in the Rockies for it to look cool in the winter. Yeah. You can just turn left, and you're like, fuck, at half speed, that looks amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah It'd be... It'd be like I mean I don't I've I don't know if you have but I've never seen you fly a terrain like that. I have not. It yeah, would be, I haven't flown anything interesting other than my. It would be super cool to see, man. Office park. Yeah. Right It'd be weird. We're gonna have to do it eventually. Yeah. I we try. Yeah. I'll I mean, I guess. Blow minds. Yeah. You should. It would be sick, dude. And it'd be. It's just you know. It's different. It's lose a quad forever land. Yeah. Oh, I don't mind. Yeah, I mean, for, well, for you, like for sure. It's like a one-way trip. It will happen eventually. It's a one-way whoop. Yeah. Always love that term. <laughs> uh, speaking of flying spots, do you have any dream spots? Like attainable and unattainable? I don't know, man, because, like, a lot of times... Like, I think New Zealand would be freaking amazing, but at the same time... Speaking it's of long range. It'd be... I guess it would be kind of like Colorado, just more green mountains instead of I don't know. I like mean, I live in Colorado, and I feel like I've seen Lord of the Rings. It'd be way yeah. cooler. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, like so, it's like so. I realize at the end of the day, it's just a bunch of like you know fields with goats and stuff, and then like big mountainous stuff. But I, yeah. I, I don't know. I think that also I think uh, Czech would be really cool. Like flying flying any kind of like castle-y kind of yeah, areas the- would be really neat. But at the, I don't know how cool it would be though. I probably would fly one castle and you've flown them all, I guess, you know, so I, I don't really know. I mean, is that how you feel about trees in Atlanta? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like castles I mean, would be fun. Like, I mean, the, the the castle that my family always went to in the Czech Republic, they had a giant pit in front of it with two black bears. Fucking yeah. sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, probably that, like some kind of castle, like medieval, like just some really old architecture would be cool. Uh, maybe even... I don't know. Pyramids would be kind of sick. You've never seen that. Bucket list, dude. Pyramids would never, be. I've never, I've never seen a single quad video. Of people I want to perch that. And, unless perch there's the like, pyramid. is there some kind of law, like laws going on? Like why, why haven't we seen that yet? I don't know, but like I've in my somewhat like spare literally time. flying down, like that, like going up the sit and then jumping down and falling down the other side of the. I mean, it wouldn't be like it would just be cool looking. It wouldn't be any tech involved. It'd just be like even if you like sick. funneled the entire pyramid down over yeah, an entire or pack. anything. Yeah, yeah. like uh, I, I mean, I'm sure you. I don't know how close you could get, but I've been looking into getting like film permits for national parks. You huh. know, so you could like go dive bomb Yosemite. Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, like the all the national parks, it would be dude. Nice film permits are stuff. not crazy expensive. Like, it would be something where, like, the way I envision it like is what, like like ten grand or something, or what? Like, how's it? No, like a fifth of that. Oh, really? That's yeah. Cool. So you like if you could get you know like Lumineer Flight One, whatever, to be like, hey, you guys want to split this and let's bring out like five pilots for this. Like, you paid like all pilots can fly under this one payment. Yeah. And let's just fucking... Dude, Yellowstone Park would be fucking sick. Dude, Yellowstone... I mean, <laughs> Grand Canyon? Yeah, Grand all of, Canyon. All of them be... would be sick. Arches. Well, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I could do that. Like, stand on the that little bridge thing and rip off of it? There's no way in hell. Dude, yeah, I get... It, it's like, I, it's I like blind vertigo. vertigo. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. I'm just kind of like, oh my god, if I like slightly lean forward, I'm going to die. <laughs> I can't even... It's hard for me to stand on uneven ground. Yeah, I, I I'm the same way. I can't 
Yeah, I can't even. Uh, I tried to fly like standing on like a sl- like gravel slope, and I started to feel like a little bit of sliding. I was like, no. You're like, yeah, I'll just I'll trim my Tyrannus out for this hill. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll pitch it back a little. Uh, yep. in, inside the NASA hangar where they build the shuttles would be, it's like 900 feet vertical to the ceiling or some shit like that inside. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah that would be dope. I don't think I've ever seen something that big. That would be, like, to get, uh, inside ceiling like that would be cool. But the Georgia Dome for F3 was to sick, fly too. around a shuttle period, too, as well. Yeah, that would be le- top, top five legendary. <laughs> yeah, like, how do you, you like, do that all in one year, like hit frickin' Egypt, Egyptian pyramids, frickin' sh- NASA shuttles. I'm done, dude. D-U-N. Yeah. I'm done. See you guys later. I've, yeah. I've conquered the world. Ten years from now, I'll be ripping the rings of Saturn, but I'm waiting until then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You don't even need lift. Dude, I hope that by the end of my lifetime, I can see some some type of FPV machine flying through space. Oh, you know that that's going to happen. Like, that that would be so I mean, sick. it's already kind of happening, except it's just sending snapshots. But I definitely don't... I, I don't know. I mean, I guess we would obviously need something better than radio waves. There's no way. There's nothing faster than that. Yet. I mean, how will you get faster than the speed of light? Elon Musk and cocaine? I don't know. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. What we need to do is we need to take some of those brain-enhancing pills that he's developing, and then we'll be able to invent it. Yeah, I'm sure he's not too far off of that. Uh, I've spent, like, two weeks eating Kratom. Have you ever heard of that? Mm-mm. It's like, like a... brain food or something? Yeah, it's like brain food. It's a tea leaf from India that's in the caffeine family. Huh. And it's like, I just eat it in pill form. I eat a couple grams a day, but it's that's like a, it's a very small dose of Adderall, essentially, is like the effect I described. So you focus more? Or yeah, it's like way easier. In, in small doses, it's like stimulating and easy to focus on. In high doses, which is like 20 grams, which is a lot to eat of like plant material. Cause it's not processed. It's just ground leaves. Yeah. Uh, it's like it has slight like opiate effects. So it's like very like stimulating. Yeah, you don't want to overdo it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's interesting. I know, I know that I, I read something that like blueberries are uh, – it's got some kind of property into it that makes your have better memory or something. Yeah, I, I believe what yeah, something like that. Yeah, there's tons of shit like that out there. Like yeah. carrots help your vision. I don't know. There's random. I hear that that's a myth. Yeah, I'm sure. I I learned that from my grandma who lived yeah. in Eastern yeah, Bloc Europe. It has so. a particular. Is it vitamin E or it has some kind of vitamin in it that's supposed to improve vision? But there's no proof of that at all. Yeah, uh, but I was very curious to try the kratom and flying. That's like saying I can eat something that improves my age, because like be- your your eyes deteriorate regardless. Yeah, that's called alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> that's accelerating your age. That's a yeah. difference. Yeah, but in the moment, you know, it helps. Yeah. You. <laughs> uh, yeah, it'd be curious if if Elon came out with that smart pill the for flying, just like it's someone's second pack in there, Johnny. They're like, how do you do this? That would be awesome. Yeah, and then you're like, no, you just watch this video, and then they eat that pill, watch the video, and just replicate. You have to take, yeah, you have to take the pill right before we fly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that'd be sick. It, like, makes you superhuman for some reason for, like, 30 minutes. Dude, it'd be, be sick. it'd be funny, too, because that would probably be, like, the first pill they'd have to fucking test for in esports. How do you feel, like, about that? I mean, it was kind of interesting, because there was, like, a big public outcry about, like, against it. 
like a lot of people were for it and a lot of people were against it because they think that it's, you know, like we're kind of, I mean, with a lot of this stuff, we're kind of teetering on what's like moral or what's, uh, yeah, to me, the issue is like every person in this world is the only person they're going to have to live with the rest of their life with themselves. So if you don't want to do it, don't take it. And if you do, do, you know, like, yeah, like I wouldn't judge anyone that did or didn't do it. Exactly. And if you don't want to do it, let me ask you this. So if you could if you could clone your body, okay, let's say 80 years from now you could clone your body exactly like you are now and transfer your mind into it, your consciousness, like literally like teleport into that cadaver, would you do it? Because like, uh, theoretically you could live forever. I would do it and I would jump that and put my mind in my like eight-year-old body and just run train on school. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, you got like literally, like a three hundred year old, like conscious brain, yeah, in like an eight year old body, yeah. You're like, That'd I got, really I got a full ride to Harvard. I, I built yeah. Google by the time I was nineteen. <laughs> but a lot of people are against that, right? Like they think that that's kind of, you know, like we're kind of tampering with what is humane, what, like what we're supposed to do. But, yeah. who, but who, but who draws that line in the first place? Yeah, I mean, like not what we can and can't do. I mean, in religious people's minds, I know who they think, but for me, yeah, we're, we're playing. We're playing God, right? Like at that point. Yeah, but what are we playing? Are we playing God or are we playing humanity? Because aren't isn't this? Well, like, I mean, when you when you clone something, you're you're technically like pretending to be a creator. You know, like we're creating life. I mean, technically becoming pretending to be a creator under our circumstances, but also having a baby is creating life as well, too. So it's kind of like it is. And couldn't you argue that the natural evolution of humans is to create this, like? You know, like certain species adapt to their environment over millions of years. We so have happened to adapt in these consequences, like in these ways in the last hundred years. But someone else could study us like a science without us being the moral code. Right. Like we're not going to say because certain species eat their babies, they're fucking like bad species. But if we're over here, like through evolution, creating clones of ourselves, I'm sure there's going to be fucking weird ass. By the way, there's there's a lot of species that eat their yeah, and eat and, and cannibalize and stuff. So I think the biggest issue with that is going to be figuring out a way to sustain it without killing our world, right? If we're going to like start cloning people, we need to like fucking sustain it better. Well, there'd but, be a population control kind of thing because like I feel like if you could live forever, we'd have a serious population problem. Yeah, we're like <laughs> you're you're on the second life planet. It's all for you for all you second lifers. This is your second yeah. body. You live over yeah. there, you know, kind of thing. Dude, uh, have you seen? Um, a show called Black Mirror. I don't know if we brought that Dude, up. Dude, uh, okay. yeah, Brandy and I just started watching that. Okay, it's a sick show. But there's a one uh, about that's similar to this topic in a way where when you die or right before you die, they can transfer your consciousness into a virtual world. So you basically continue your life in a like a you know like a virtual yeah. world, like a simulation. And there was uh, the same thing. Like there was all this controversy on like if it's morally right or not, but it's your choice. So. Um, and anyway, I don't. There's so many. That show is so cool. You're gonna love it. There's a lot of just crazy episodes that are like. It's like the Twilight Zone. Cool about era. it. It's futuristic, but it's also relatable. It teeters on like the possibility. Like that is something that could be possible at some point. Yeah, we um, were two episodes in. And the season premiere was fucking the video game one where the dude creates the world, like the spaceship yeah. world. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like I was like at the edge of my seat. I was like, holy yeah, fucking dude, shit. The, and we're not too the, far from that either. Yeah, I know. Like a lot – that's a, that's what's fun about it, dude. There's like one that's – oh, I, I don't know. I, 
It might give away the plot. Yeah, I can't do it if you're watching it. All right, um, cool. But there's one that plays on, like, military stuff, and, like, uh, uh, it's so good. But the point is, is, like, it's, like, just – it's in the future, but it's just not – it's in the not-so-far future that it's something that could be possible, and it's really cool. Yeah. And um, It just makes you think. And there's, like, one episode where they're, like – Oh man, I, I, I'll give away if I try to say anything. Never mind. But um, the future is know. tight. We'll leave it at that. The there's future, fun, the future fun, is tight. For those of you listening, there's a show called Black Mirror on Netflix. And do yourself a favor because it's epic. Um, and um, so while we're on this topic, are you? Uh, do you consider yourself a, reli- a religious man? Not at all. Um, I, I have. Um, I guess I would consider myself. Wait. What is it when you believe in the possibility of anything? I always get atheist and agnostic mixed up. That's agnostic. Atheist is the belief of nothing. Okay. Agnostic so is a, the belief in something, but not fucking written well, by. Well, I, I believe in the possibility of anything because, I mean, I believe in the possibility of anything in general. So, um, uh, where I'm going at with this is because I have my family's very very religious. I was brought up very religious. Uh, all my I have a lot of friends that are very very religious, and we have a lot of cool deep topics because of that. Because I'm more on the scientific side of things, and uh, and I had an interesting story about because you know how like uh, at least Christianity uh, believes that uh, we have a certain window that the human life is supposed to exist, and then there's kind of like you know, judgment day, right? Like where it's done. Yeah. It's like our, our reign of the world is done and it comes to an end. And uh, have you like, this is kind of like a more deep topic, but I've always wondered what it would be uh, if, you know, if God or, or Jesus or whatever the creator that who, yeah, who, whatever it may be. I mean, cause honestly God could have done the big bang theory. You know, a lot of people are against the whole big bang theory, but I mean, that could have been God that did that. Right. So what, whatever point is that I, I believe I don't, you know, there's a lot of things that I don't understand and I believe the possibility of anything. And, um, do you think that God predicted that we would get as smart as that we're getting to being able to clone ourselves, maybe being able to transfer our consciousness at some point, maybe being able to evade our sudden death on this planet. Cause you know, we already know scientifically we've proven like over eight different ways that the, that, that earth is going to end, right? Like we, we have to leave this planet for the survival of our species. So do you think that God b- believes or, or knew that we were going to get smart enough to maybe ev- evade that, that fate that we might transfer to a different solar system altogether? You know, like that, those are kind of like fun topics. I always like to talk to you about. Yeah, I, th- with. I think yeah. I think if there is a god, whatever that is, to various cultures around the world, I think that there would be a slight possibility that we would be the first species ever to like go be like the a- evade extinct- extinction. Basically, like we would be like we 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 are intelligent enough to know that we're going to become extinct so we figure out a battle plan to avoid that from happening like there that's never happened that I, that I you know obviously yeah because um, w- why are we the only species on this entire planet that has an unsymbiotic relationship with its ecosystem yeah every other species has a symbiotic relationship with its ecosystems and we are the most fu- like if you look at the earth from space it looks like fucking mold on bread where humanity lives right right like right. It, it doesn't make sense so i feel like if 
if anything, we are the wild card and there's like something not wrong, but like, I mean, maybe wrong. Like there's something different about us. Like we're the reason the world's fucked up, but we're also the reason that knowledge is spread around the world. Right. And we're the reason that cancer probably exists, but we're the reason that treatment, like there's just so many pros and cons of this. Um, but like at the end of the day, I guess I don't really know, but I think that I, I believe that humans, I don't think they're like alien, like they were brought here by aliens, but I think there's something off about Homo sapiens in this world. And yeah. the way they fit into it does not make sense compared to everything else in this world. Uh, have you ever heard do the theory? Believe, do you believe, do you believe in, uh, life other than Earth, obviously? I believe in conscience other than Earth. I don't. I, I, there's actually a guy that did a. Uh, there's a scientist that did a paper on it and basically like mathematically came up with a theory that it's almost impossible for life to not be somewhere else. Yeah, the just theory because of the the, the theory, and the the probability is just like is too good. Yeah, like what I heard was the the chance of there being life is almost a hundred percent. The chance of us ever finding it is less than one percent. Right. You know, right. like it's that. And I, I think like, I mean, I believe in statistics and I think that there's got to be something else out there. And to me, like the cool, like the thing I fantasize about would be finding another, you know, planet that can sustain life and it being similar to ours, but them being like well, 200. Done that, though. You know that, right? No, I mean like, like, like conscious life. Oh, you mean like literally? Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. But that's like 200 years behind us. Like they're shooting muskets and shit. Right, right. And we, we roll up and we're like, oh, dude, you. Bro, you're doing it wrong. Bro. Let me let me let me, let me show you, you something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah like, you ever seen a like, tank? That's the thing is like, that's another thing is like I used to like when on my break at work I used to just read articles on like theories and time travel and all multiverse and all kinds of crazy topics, and um, I don't know. It's just you ever heard the so theory? Awesome things. You ever heard the theory that the Big Bang was like the last big human interstellar war? No, like the last time humanity one. blew itself to shit was the Big Bang. That's interesting. I could see that too. I mean, like yeah. I don't like believe in it or anything. It's not like my ethos or anything. But I could see humanity. Like, I mean, fuck, we're not really getting that much better, you know? Right. Like, yeah, we're not burning villages and like you know, pillaging and shit. The thing that's cool, the th- biggest thing that's cool about the universe is, uh, in general, to me, is that. It's self-aware, right? Like if 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 we if life didn't exist, it, you know what I mean? It'd just be nothing but a bunch of floating rocks everywhere, and it'd just be absolutely nothing. But like that's the one thing that's cool about it is we know that the universe exists, so we kind of create. I mean, I say we, but I'm saying life in general kind of creates its own like self-awareness thing. It's kind of interesting to think about. And you're gonna have your work in front of you having to cut all this crap out. Oh, I no. kind of like these deep discussions more, though. You should put more. Yeah, and I don't have to cut anything, dude. I got this software that I can route. I can record your audio, my audio, and our combined audio. So unless shit hits the fan, I could just use the combined audio. Nice. Yeah. And I can fucking – I it's audio hijack, so I can run Ableton VST plugins like EQs and shit in the chain before it even hits recording. Nice. Yeah. Fuck Zencaster. Um, oh, but you were saying you want to finish chewing this bar and then hit on a couple points. Yeah, I'm, I'm just getting kind of hungry. Um, no, I was just, you know, I'm a big space nerd and I wanted to kind of 
let people uh, know, um, I don't know, a few things that may not have known. Hit, hit us with some knowledge. So, did you know that we found a body of water in space that is it's just like literally a floating ocean? And it's a, enough water, I think, I think they said it's the size of like eight of our solar systems or something in terms of, it's huge, like just freaking huge. And they found out that, um, well, they predicted that it tastes like raspberries, whatever it is, because apparently whatever chemical that gives raspberry its taste is what that water is made of. How far away is this? Oh, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's very far away. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, good luck sleeping but, out there, But there, guys. there was a lot of, but but there was a big controversy about, or not controversy, but they've talked about that a lot, where they always thought water only existed on planets or, or asteroids and things like that, but apparently there is literally just a body, body of water just floating. But then they found out years later that it's actually uh, orbiting a black hole. So, uh, that there's, so there's something that's kind of keeping it there. Sorry, false guys. It actually tastes like blackberries. That was our fuck up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. But uh, I thought that was so cool. Like, I mean, what? Like, th- there's this huge, vast, I mean, just like an unfathomable amount of water floating yeah. in space that, that, that tastes like, that may or may not taste like raspberry juice. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, <laughs> every fact of that is mind-blowing. <laughs> and it's crazy. Like, can you imagine being the dude that was at work for, like, the... 980th day in a row that was like, uh, hey, wait, hey, hey guys. Yeah, I think I found I, I, something. I think I got something. Like, yeah. I mean, and what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything, I guess, but it's just crazy. Like, the, no, you're, so much you're just going to lose know. like six yeah. months of sleep over the course of your life because this thought was introduced <laughs> into your brain. Yeah, and, and there's also, uh, what the fuck is in that water? I have no clue. Dude. I mean, it's got methane in it, and they, they, you can just Google it. You can find out. It'll tell you exactly like what chemicals are in it. And but anyway, so uh, what? What else? We got something that's called dark flow, which I don't know if you've heard of. You've heard of is that your next matter, frame? Right? I know, right? <laughs> um, so you've heard of dark matter, which is yep. essentially the concept of matter that we can't see. Um, well, there's something that. There's a few theories on this thing called dark flow, if you guys want to Google it, but I'll explain a little bit what it is. But essentially, we found out that distant galaxies and stars are actually moving. Like, we're talking about, like, very as far as that we can peer out. Uh, distant scar- stars and galaxies and planets and solar systems and all that good stuff is moving away from us more rapid- rapidly than things closer to us. And the theory behind that is that there is... That's, that, that's what we call universal super eight. Right, right. <laughs> Basically, it's a universe yeah. super eight. Yeah. Uh, and essentially, their theory, a lot of scientists are theorizing that uh, there's something very massive and weight, uh, uh, it has a big gravitational effect really far out. Something that we can't really explain, and some of the theories are that there's possibly another universe that is pulling on ours. Yeah, based on my dreams and that DMT so it's kind thing of I told you about, I it's could like, totally wait see a minute. It. So there's maybe a possibility of more universe, univi. How do you say that? Universes. I mean, I don't even know how you fathom uh, that amount of space in your brain. Right. Like, so there is the possibility of that. I don't know. Again, we don't know anything, but that's what's fun about it. It's just kind of like thinking about the unknown. 
Yeah, um, it's it, like only humans, right? Only humans have this need to know what's out there, where we oh, came yeah, no. from, like all this fucking. I mean, it doesn't mean anything. No, we're is it going to change your fucking life? No, it's not going to change your life. Uh, mm. But it's just cool to think about uh, that. And uh, I guess the last thing, I guess the takeaway is uh, another one of my fun facts that I found out, or that I like, one of my uh, biggest, well, it used to be one of my biggest hobbies was taking photos, right, of, of space and stuff. I got crazy camera setups and telescope setups, and I have like, random people that are always like wanting to know, like, what's the most interesting thing, what's the most interesting fact about space and all this stuff. And I think one of the coolest things that I've ever been able to tell like anyone, like my girlfriend or anything, is whenever you're looking at a star, uh, you're looking at a star that may or may not be there anymore. And people are like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, when you're looking at space, you're looking at in the past. Like you're looking at data that is reaching your eye yeah, from yesterday's possibly light. thousands of years ago. Yeah. yeah. So we actually, and a lot of people are like, what? Like, the, you know, it's kind of hard to understand, but there's, um, uh, some of you guys may have seen the Pillars of Life. It's also called the Eagle Nebula. It's basically uh, this gas this, this gas area. It's like the birthing ground of stars. And it's similar to like Orion Nebula and things like that. But it's basically a big nebula of gas floating out in space. And it's basically a giant space vagina for stars. <laughs> it's just stars coming out of it and they're forming. There's a lot of like stellar winds and there's Popping a lot of like space stars gas out. <laughs> and there's a lot of gas and rocks colliding and they form you know stars. It's pretty crazy. But anyway, we found out uh, I think like five years ago that uh, it doesn't exist anymore. So it actually did its full cycle of birthing stars and has it's gone now. But we can still see it. You can go out there with your telescope and take a photo of it. Uh, it's there, it's been there, and it's probably going to be there for another 200 years, but it's not there anymore. So it's kind of crazy to think about that, you know, that some of the stuff you're looking at may not be there anymore, but you're still seeing it. Yeah, I feel like we're, uh, like, as humanity, we're going to find some intangible piece of knowledge or material that is, like, defines, like, religion and scientific thinking all in the same resolution. Well, they, yeah, yeah. I think I like, they contradict each other in a lot of ways, but they also like synchronize in a lot of ways too, though. So it's like, yeah, because well, I think I think I mean I don't know about at, in this stage where science also exists, but dude, if I lived three thousand years ago and some of that shit happened to me, yeah, I would be like, this is I'm gonna make up a story to explain this, and it's gonna make more sense to me. Like I would yeah. be on that level one hundred percent. But it's like I feel like now those voids are being filled in by science, and at a certain time, it's gonna be oddly on the same front like if we ever figure out what happens to our thinking when we die it's going to be a scary dark place and possibly a great place for humanity yeah it's going to be tough shit um what what got you into all this like did i mean did you go to college uh i did but i dropped out what'd you go to school for originally computer Uh, shit computer science where'd you go uh devry fuck yeah dude (laughs) <laughs> and uh how far in did you drop out uh i was a i finished my second year so i was about to start my third year what made you decide I, i'm a college dropout myself so this is why i, I got um so i was going to school for game development that was originally why i entered computer science i already knew a lot about game development a lot about programming but i still wanted to get the degree um so i started taking classes and i started you know, like, when you start out at college, you have to, like, take, 
you know, bullshit classes, like introduction to computers. Like, what is a monitor? What is a mouse? And I'm like, dude, this is like a waste of time. So I'm I paying, exempted. I'd a love to pay you to teach me this. But luckily at DeVry, you could actually exempt out of classes. So you could actually take a test. And if you pass it, you get credit for the class. So I did a lot of that. Um, but then I got hired by um, this company. Um, I was really active on this on this site called Game Dev. It's literally like a, just a community of pro and indie developers, game developers. It's just like forum, kind of like RC groups. And you go on there and you basically, you know, post projects that you're working on. And you go look at other people's projects, the screenshots, and maybe playable games and stuff. And I posted a, a little, like, tool that I was working on to help me work on one of my games. And this company uh, contacted me and they're like, hey, we're working on um, we're working on a game called Troy based off of the movie Troy with Brad Pitt. And we want you to work on our tools. So they just found my thread on this random forum and like, you know, like found me and was like, hey, uh, we want you to work on this. So they hired me full time and I was like, screw college. (laughs) Yeah. So do you ever regret it or do you feel like it was a sound decision? I'm going to guess you don't regret it. I don't really regret it, but I do sometimes. I mean, I still would love to have a degree, you know, just because. Yeah, I feel you. Like, just because of the officialness, it's not really that I would feel like I would be smarter or would have, um, but I think it would have made me that much stronger, too, in the in the workforce, because I always, I mainly got my jobs because of, like, my knowledge and history, not because of a degree, and I think if I had a degree, I would be that, I would have been that much stronger, you know, would have been worth more Yeah, in the workforce. So I, I would, you know, I would get, uh, for example, um, I actually... My buddy got his master's degree in computer science, and we both got the same job. I was getting paid 100000 a year to work as a senior developer, and he got the same job, and he was getting paid 130. So, like, it was one of those things, like, I had to use purely my background. It's like, look, I've been doing this for a long time. I'm a veteran in it, but I don't have papers. Whereas he had all of that as well as paper. He, so he's yeah, he's the insurance policy, right? Yeah, exactly. So I feel like it would have helped me in the work world, but it didn't keep me from making a living or, you know, so. Yeah, I feel the same struggles. And like my old uh, podcast co-host, Josh Kidder, went through this. Like he worked his way up in the commercial UAV world, but then it was like the difference between 90 and 120K was a college degree, even though his yeah. skill level even was the same. Even though they're both exactly the same, yeah. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I'm hoping for it more than it's probably happening, but I feel like in terms of your and I age, you're at, like, the top end, and I'm towards the lower of, like, I feel like it's starting to change where credentials aren't necessary. Like, there's a lot more, like, certificate programs, you know, like, different ways to educate yourself. Like, my parents grew up on, like, that you go to college, you get a good job, you put money in your 401k. Both of my uh, parents as well as my sister went to college and got, you know, they were teachers and, you know, like it was, you know, typical American life, you know, I guess. Yeah, and I feel like, I mean, it's good because I feel like for a lot of people, if you don't know what you want to do with your life or you're not like decently self-disciplined, college is a great goal to set and it proves to people that you accomplished it and it just proves a lot in your life. But yeah, I, I mean, just having those papers says something about you. I yeah, mean, I mean, that, you chiseled away to four-year goal. Yeah. Like no matter what, yeah. you did something worthwhile, right? And you invested in yourself. But I feel like also over the last like twenty, thirty, forty years, it's like created this stigma that knowledge only exists on campuses. Yeah, you know, that's true. Like we live in a day and I age. I mean, the thing that's kind of fun about this is we also live in a day and age where 
you can make money off of FPV flying, and you can make money about being in front of a uh, being in front of the camera, showing people how to do yo-yo tricks on Dude, YouTube. You can literally like it's, it's think crazy, of a like, job. How much money you can make uh, off of the internet from home? It's just uh, the, dude, a, like, the dude perfect guys. They just shoot. Oh yeah, shoot, exactly. Like fuck they me. They literally just they literally play around all day and get paid like millions. So, um. There's, I'm, I'll never forget this, but I, I did this. There's this lady somewhere on YouTube, and all she did, I'm not joking, is she would record herself opening toys. Mm-hmm. So, like, it would be the box, and she would be like, here's the Barbie house, and she pulls that out. Like, you never see her. You just see her hands. And she opens it up, and she's like, ooh, it comes with this little pink, you know, thing. And she's talking about it, and she's got, like, hundreds. Like, like 1.5 like, million she, a month in no, revenue. No, she got more than that. It was, like, 5 or 6 million, something crazy. And she did a little thing saying that she like she made like was it fi- I think fifteen k a month doing that yeah so she was making fifteen k a month of like just going and open you know like opening the Scooby Doo van like freaking toy and talking about and it. And, and at that point it. she's getting and, the Scooby Doo like, van for free of kids, millions of kids are tuning in to it and yeah and yeah and she the, probably gets them for free too, yeah the yeah. toy company's like hey will you like if you feature know, this want, yeah they yeah yeah. It's, so, you know, at first, I guess you'll have to pay out of pocket to buy these toys and stuff, but then eventually it just becomes pure profit. I mean, just pure profit in every way. Yeah, I feel like so, if if you were going to be you anything... Do, but what I'm saying is you couldn't do this. Like, when I was in college, you couldn't do something like this. This was, this didn't exist. YouTube wasn't out when I was in college. That's how old I am. Yeah. So it's crazy, like, the potential. You don't have to be a super smart guy to make money in this world. No, but you you got to have hustle. You either have to be super novel and lucky you or, you, or you got to have this hustle. The right word. Yeah. yeah. You got you got to cuz some people like I mean if you were like PewDiePie and you just started right. like I mean not to downplay his fame cuz I mean, he, he has charisma though. He has personality. And he, which plays he, a big role. Kind of like stuff, Steel, but. he knew what he had and then yeah. put put the drive into it. Capitalized he was like yeah. I think the biggest part of any of the YouTubers is like knowing that you got it and then just fucking treating it like a job before you get paid mm-hmm. you know but I mean, like i think i think it's a, a really exciting time right now for people i mean even exciting I'm saying, confusing I'm not, saying, exhilarating. I'm not saying drop out of school and try to be pewdiepie or anything but i'm saying there's just like there's so much potential there's so much money out there it's yeah there's crazy you can we live in the first time of humanity where you can think of a job and if you work hard enough you can create it yeah i mean think about in the 80s do you think that so this crazy awesome like I, I go back to yo-yos because it's so it reminds me of like FPV or like hula hooping. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. A, it's something it's very niche in people, but people are very passionate about it, right? Like in that genre. Um, like, do you think that someone back in the '80s could have made a living off of doing yo-yo? I mean, maybe if he traveled around competing, or he would might make some money. But like it, today, it's just it's crazy. YouTube is crazy. Like, Twitch well, it's, cra- it's crazy. It's crazy because there's a difference between making money and like making more than your parents, right? You, you know, like because back in the day, you definitely could have made money like doing like you would have lived in a van. Driven around, yeah, you would have made like thirty k a year or something max. Yeah, and, and like shit and, like that. But like now, yeah. you can fucking slang the shit out of yo-yos and be like, "My dad's a doctor, and I drive a sicker car." Yeah, and there's it's a, just, there's a um there's a guy uh, there's a, this group of guys that I guess they're kind of like the dude perfect or whatever, but they literally all they do is think of something to throw off of a hundred story building onto. Dude, a trampoline. seen it hundred. Or not, Hand, not a hundred story. Hands like, down, bar none, been there. Tri- yeah. Dropping bowling balls on trampolines and shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, they're like dropping watermelons and they're like, will it break? And you're just like, 
okay, I got to see if this is. Gonna I can't work. not. I mean, it's genius. It's ju- it's genius. But yeah. the, well, the point is, is it takes no education to do something like that. That's just you have to. It's just crazy. Like, and, and we live in a day and age where you can play. People will watch you play a video game, and you're making millions of dollars. Yeah, it's, just, it's insane. And it's, I mean, like for the video games, it's more streamlined, but you know, you look at someone like the dudes dropping shit off a tower, like, you know, it's a epic that they can attain that life from doing something fucking stupid for the masses, especially for like older generations, they're going to look at that and be like, it's dumb that he can make a living off of that. But in reality, like that crew is probably like making phone calls to set up that they can drop shit off that tower like oh, yeah, figuring out a way involved. like yeah, you know yeah. like the end product yeah. looks so easy it's like a skate video from the day all you see yeah. is the best cuts but there's yeah, like they make, they, they make it look like all they're doing is going like there's a bunch of idiots going out with a cell phone and, and dropping a yeah but, of, but there's like logistics so. behind it yeah. you know and like there's a hustle and even like even in like top fpv or like say people that are like upset about that or jealous or think it's stupid is they're just mad that they didn't come up with it <laughs> absolutely do i think Cause in, like because think about it anyone can do that literally anyone can do that anyone but you didn't you didn't come up with it you didn't think about it so you know sorry <laughs> i feel like that's a lot of hate on the internet is people's jealousy yeah right like and I it's, think, it's i don't it's, care about any of that stuff man if you want to i don't know what's the, what's the biggest uh piece of hate you've ever gotten What's the most that, like, nice, humble, smooth-ass schizo has ever fucking received from the internet? <laughs> I had uh, one guy – the only thing that really resonates is uh, I've had one guy say – I mean, it was really uh, super hateful, like, almost like it was, like, someone had a vendetta out t- for me. And I can't remember who it was, but he was like, you always fly the same spots and all of your – everyone else in the Atlanta crew has gone on and making epic footage while you're still just flying around stupid trees. And like, it was just, you know, kind of on the lines of that. And I was just like, Oh, okay, Jesus. All right. Sorry, bro. Like, sorry, I ruined your day. Why the fuck do you uh, watch it? Yeah. Right. Like, why do you click it? So I was just kind of like, dang, this is kind of messed up. And it kind of, you know, uh, I was like, I took a screenshot of it, of of his, of of the comment. And I put it on my Facebook. I shouldn't have done that. Because like the pitchforks and the torches yeah. came out for this guy, That's and I didn't it. think about that though. I was just kind of like, I should have just pasted like what he said, but I, I just it was just faster to do a little screen cap. <laughs> and they sucked. They, it was like bad. Like there was so many people coming in there and being like, there. It, it got dark too. Like I I posted it in Rotor Riot, which was the biggest. I should not have done that. Is this, is, this, were, is were, this FPV Darwinism in 2018? Dude, I'm, <laughs> I'm crazy. It, you know, it's kind of flattering at how many people came up to, like, to stand, you know, or, you know, to, like, back me up. But it, that's not what it was about. It was just like, man, this guy, like, really hates my guts is kind of, like, what it was. But then people were posting, like, Google images of, like, they found out where the guy lived. Oh, and all this weird that's stuff. real. I was, that like, real. I was like, like, a Google image of his house. And I'm like, up. okay, like, far. where is this going? Like, I don't want this guy to get hurt or anything. Like, <laughs> so yeah. nothing happened out. Here's of it, his mailbox obviously. on fire. But, we got you, right? <laughs> yeah, but, but apparently, this guy, a, a lot of people chimed in. Apparently, this guy was like just going around and trolling literally everybody on like the FPB community, like like posting just real hateful stuff on everyone's YouTube. Yeah. And so I don't, we don't know who he was, but so I didn't feel as bad because I was like, oh, this is obviously some kind of troll that has nothing better to do. Um, but that was the only one that really resonated. Most, most of the community has been pretty awesome in general, you know. 
Uh, yeah, and it's um, very like self-policing, right? Yeah. Like, if someone talks out and it's unjustified, people will usually, like, fucking just piranha. Oh, they'll let you know. Piranha them. Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's bad. We, I, like, so. not me personally, but we had, like, Brandy got, like, a super, uh, like, creeper comment. Uh, uh, like, yeah. like. That's this, the problem with the girls. I could see that happening a lot. Yeah, like, this dude's, like, calling her my love and all this shit, like, in an Instagram comment. And then, like, other FPV females are like, yo, this, this, this dude is, like, we, this isn't the first time, you know? Like, other chicks are coming uh, out and saying, like, we know who this guy is, and it's not, like, super negative, but it's, like, fuck, Chris Hansen shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can only assume, I've heard of the whole, like, I can only assume, like, being in a in a heavily sausaged uh, environment that there's a lot of a lot of attention and unwanted attention that comes for that, I'm sure, or for sure. Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't doubt it. I've, I've heard of, uh, was it, I, I don't know if, I'm not trying to call names, but I think maybe Willard's girlfriend or someone, I don't know if it was her or not, but say that she'll just get random dick pics. Like, literally. Like, not even, it's just like, bam. It's probably, Will, no, it's, no, it's no, just no, Willard testing her. No, 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 <laughs> no, no warming up the, no warming up the oven at all. Just go straight to it, man. Just like. Dude, on an unrelated note, when has that ever worked for a dude? And B, if it has worked, what was that chick like? <laughs> yeah, like you, can't, you can only imagine what kind of chick you would get that that worked on. Yeah, but your ability so, to open is legendary. I guess so. <laughs> I don't know, man. Especially like, in FPV, like least, it's not even like it's not even like like Tinder like, or like, like a dating site. Like, it's I'm, like I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna bash like that like like in the sense of. If you're talking back and forth and it goes that way, you know, whatever. I'm not against sexting and shit like that or whatever. But, like, just, like, like not just, even a high. Just, bam. Like, okay. And what, it's not... And and you, and and the funny it, thing is, is, what is it, like, what do you expect the girl to do? Be like, oh, yeah. You know, like... 10.30. Here's my address. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, like... Yeah. What do you... Like, what, do you, what kind of... A, Especially in an FPV-related anyway. world. Like, it's not even you're on, like, a dating site or, like, right, right, right. on fucking logged into Pornhub or some shit. Like, like you're here's just... me flying my quad, and you're like, here's my dick. Yeah, you know? you're like, last picture of my Tyrannus, and here's my cock. <laughs> last picture of my balls. Yeah. But anyway, I can only assume what your girl gets. She's a pretty lady, so. Yeah, I mean, it's not too bad. I will say it's not. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure, I mean, Willard's girlfriend's, like, in the tens of like teens she's, of thousands yeah, of followers like it's yeah. it's statistics bro mm -hmm. <laughs> you're getting that creeper saturation yeah like once it's like you get one dick pic every day per thousand subscribers yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like a mathematical Dude. equation willer's like me too yeah. yeah i'm at the same ratio i get less dick pics than her yeah um i don't know man that's funny yeah. so many fun topics yeah, FPV's a crazy place these days, man. So you flying? Yeah, we uh, we just got back from a you trip. You never post any footage, you jerk. I mean, I put you. Know, you don't follow my Instagram. Yeah, I do. You follow my you follow Martin's Instagram, like my Martin page, but you don't follow uh, uh, like the Fly Life page. Mm. You I'm should, good, by the way. You should. Okay. I, I ripped around some buffalo last week, so you should definitely follow that. Oh, nice. Did you yeah. kill one? Did no. No, they like they zero fucks given for quads. That's nice. But uh yeah, we were we went up to South Dakota for a flying weekend and uh it was fucking <laughs> epic. 
Brandy nice. shredded a shit ton. She shot a Civil War cannon I saw three times. Something. Yeah, she posted, but she shot a Civil War cannon three times. Oh, cool. It was like an actual cool. cannon. Yeah, like full size replica. Like, Black powder like charges and all. Taking that giant like boxing glove with a stick and like packing in gunpowder. Yeah. Yep. And then, and then yanking a string. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Was it loud? <laughs> uh, dude, it was fucking hell loud. It like sh- yeah. I was flying. I was in the goggles. I was sh- like flying around the cannon while she was shooting it. And you can like see it in the. Did it make you shake? Do the shockwave. You can see it in the sticks. Uh, like the it's just like. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. But yeah, dude, so we've been ripping a lot. Did I you think have it, ear? Did she have earplugs in? <laughs> yeah, we both had. She had safety glasses and earplugs, and then yeah. everybody else had earplugs on. I had like FPV goggles with earplugs over. But uh, yeah, dude, we've been ripping a lot. It took like the last few days off. Uh, Brandy works for the school district, and school started yesterday, so she's been like super oh, okay. busy. But busy. yeah, and I don't know. You ever just get like bored of your local spots? Yep. Like, it comes in waves for me. About? It comes in waves for me. Oh, I do too, yeah. I'm just like, eh, I don't want to fly. I'm flying yeah. this crap a million times, and then eventually I'm like, you get that, you start jonesing for it, you know? Yeah, like right now I'm at that, like, I'm at like a 25, 30 minute spot threshold mm-hmm. for distance of how far I gotta drive for it to be fun. <laughs> yeah, you have to, you have to weigh the, the, uh, sorry, I'm putting dishes in the, um, you have to like weigh the whole like effort per, entertainment yeah definitely and like all the spots that i have to fly are like in the mountains so it's like lose your quad or at least have to go hike for it kind of flying which to me is like a whole different kind of vibe absolutely there's like a a quest yeah like at a park i can be like i'm just gonna see if i don't flinch flying at this tree if i hit it or not you know like huck it at a tree and hold (laughs) just graze it Whereas mm-hmm. in the mountains, it's like, I don't want to do that a half mile out. Right, I'm making food. What are you making? You want to know? Mm-hmm. It's a uh, cracked pepper, turkey, and boar's head Havarti cheese. You're making a sandwich, like a panini? I'm making a sandwich, like a heathen, at 1030 at night. Oh, shit. Fucking um, terrible. Yeah, the benefits to having a wireless headset, bro. Yeah, you're killing it. I'm just staring at that chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, this way I can take a shit and you wouldn't even know it. I feel like I would know. Oh, yeah, I get all echoey <laughs> yeah. out of nowhere. You're like, what's going on? You uh, you got any flying trips coming up soon? Like any places you're going to rip outside of Atlanta? Um, you going to the rotor eye thing? I am going to the Rotorite thing. I think I might be going to Florida as well. So I might be doing some ripping down there. Um, I think that's it for this year. That's pretty Oh, true. actually, that's not true. I think I'm going to Asheville. For what? Uh, I, I do have a few trips, but, like, yeah. Asheville, is that? I don't know where that is. Is that out? Is that Carolina? Carolina? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm going there as well. I like don't even know what what state it's in. It's funny. It's gonna be but, sick. Um, Delta says I can make it, so it's gonna be chill. <laughs> it's uh, well, it's Asheville's like it's a very like kind of artsy city. So there's oh, a lot wow. of like buildings with like there's a lot of graffiti, but like style, you know, artsy style. I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. So be sick. should be cool. 
Yeah. Lots uh, of bright colors and urban environments. Any particular reason for being there that you can talk about? Um, just just the visit, man. I got friends over there. FPV yeah. friends or regular friends? FPV friends. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Like it's going to be an FPV trip. Hell yeah, that'll be sick. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, dude, I think we're done. Like, that was the last trip for, for us. Yeah, yeah, like, I hit eight states in the last two months. Wow. So, it's been a good run. That's gnarly. Yeah, and I'm like, I mean, the end of the summer was like the end of my post-selling a restaurant, not have a real job. Uh-huh. So, it's like ending. Like, I started my new job yesterday. Oh, okay. Yeah. How was that? Super sick. I work from home. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. So yeah. you transition to, like, UAV stuff? Yeah, so I I do, like, UAV contracts. So I build commercial UAVs if a company needs, like, someone to build a UAV. Okay. Uh, and so that's part of it. And then I do uh, commercial UAV, like, media and marketing. So I just create commercial UAV content, basically. Yeah, so, like, I work for a company, and I create, like, all their social media content and, like, YouTube videos, and then I do, uh, like, I'm making their instruction manual for their UAV, and uh, so that's, like, part of my gig, and then the other part is, like, building these things, but it's for, like, separate companies, so I just, like... I don't, it's it's sweet because I have like a freelance life slash slash schedule, but at the same time it's stressful because of that. Right. Um. So does that mean? Does it, do you put flight one on those things or what? <laughs> no, dude. Uh, <laughs> most like Pixhawk is like pretty much the industry standard for the price range of UAV I'm dealing with. Yeah, uh, and then a couple other other higher end stuff, but uh, yeah, no flight one. Hmm. Does flight could does flight flight one does the, like I deal with all fixed wings by the way. They're just giant RC planes with really expensive radios and payloads. Yeah, like the the radios we install can do like fifty megabytes a second for like fifteen miles. Wow. Like full HD downlink kind of shit. Uh, but, and then like, but it's still like, you know, it's still fucking servos and ESC and a battery. Like, like what would, like what would the application be for that? Uh, the majority of applications are agriculture mapping and surveying. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So you can do like a thousand acre map and a flight kind of thing. Or you can do, like, real crazy shit and use, like, LiDAR and multispectral cameras and shit like that. And uh, you can put in, like, a plant density into your, like, settings thresholds. And this thing will, like, shoot a laser and it will find that plant density. So you can, like, fly one of these UAVs over a cornfield and it will 3D map the corn. And then it will 3D map the intrusive weeds growing under the corn. Wow. And so, like, you put in the plant density of the intrusive plants, and it'll just highlight them. It's like, these are the problem areas. Yeah, exa- it, yeah, it's like, it's. I mean, it's ridiculous how much money some of the, like, the UAVs I build are, like, 50 to 150 grand. But, like, what you can spend if you're, like, a, like if you're a big farming company or some shit, like, you're talking, like, you know, $2 million for a craft. Wow. 
You might as well be buying like a sick plane. You don't want, you know? you don't want that to fail safe, huh? That shit is like uh, like super redundant systems. And I don't know if you ever heard of like. I just figured it probably in fail safe. It probably goes to autopilot and returns. I mean, all these flights are in autopilot. Like it's all autonomous. Like they take off autonomously. That's cool. And shit like that. But uh, they use like RTK and PPK GPS, which is GPS signals that also bounce off of like cell phones and shit like that. So it's basically taking like all GPS data into. Yeah, like no way it's in the bell safe. Yeah. yeah, it's like the end of the Batman series with Christian Bale. Yeah, <laughs> with the cell phone web, it's like that for yeah. GPS. Moving on past all this shit, is there anything we should know about for the Schizo brand in the future? You mentioned batteries, motors. The frame's already a standard. We saw my new motors, right? Yep. Like my new new ones. Wait, the blue ones. They're blue and black. Yeah. What are the specs on those? Um, those I'm gonna have four, five, and six S versions. Oh fuck yeah! On those, I don't know. Um, I think they're twenty three oh six and twenty three oh eight stator, but the KV I'm gonna experiment with. Oh yeah, and like flight controller wise, frame wise. What do you mean? Like, same Schizo OSD flight one board for a bit? Yeah. Except for we're coming out with a new ESD technology. Right, you mentioned will Which will be a new flight controller to go with that. Is that going to be proprietary to flight one? Mm Mm-hmm. No, dude. I I think so. I mean, unless they they might sell the tech to... I mean, I don't know. They might sell the tech to other companies. Everyone's got a price. It wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, no. And, uh... Yeah, that's pretty much it for Schizo, huh? Yeah, man. And the Hex. And the Hex. Schizo Hex. Well, hell yeah, man. Two and a half I'm gonna hours. Call the, I'm going I'm to call it the Dark Flow. The Dark Flow? You should. <laughs> All right, I'm done eating. Sorry. Ah, you're good. But uh, that was two and a half hours of all kinds of FPV topics and then some. I know. Now you gotta, now you got to cut it up with all the interesting stuff. <laughs>